tradition here at the nightclub. We now present to you, dear listener, our month-long cavalcade of horror and madness. This is Halloween Havoc. to the nightclub where we are the ones who like to interview ghosts i'm your host travis maxo boone joined by his co-host you don't have you don't have a name to, tonight we ain't yeah uh it's a me mario i'm joined by mario and we have a very special guest and my name's keith and i'm the creator and owner of usb escape that's right we got a legit motherfucking creative in here this whole month this whole Halloween month is going to be nothing but creatives on the show. People yep. doing badass things in and around the horror community. I think escape rooms lend like lend themselves to being a pretty horrific experience if it's oh, done yeah. if it's done in a with, a with a certain horror bent. But not all escape rooms have to be like this. Um, I personally have never had the chance to do a, a real escape room at all. But that's that's great because. What Keith is here to talk to us about tonight, that could solve my problems. Don't have to even go to one, cuz. But <laughs> that being said, Angel's not on right now. She could she could be conjured at some point in the evening. We'll have to see what happens. But at the moment, she is MIA. And tonight, after we dive into uh, Keith, what Keith has for us, we're going to be talking about Hell House LLC from 2015, a movie I had never seen before. Yeah, same. So I'm excited to talk about that. And that, that, that'll just, you know, I guess that could be the bridge right there. No, but going back to this month, this is officially the start. This is the, the first episode in our month long Halloween Havoc special, you know, whatever. We don't, we don't do weekly episodes except for this month. Cause it's just too fucking, it's too fucking spooky not to. I put a spell on you. Stop the things you do. <laughs> What's up? Spell on you. 
I'm, I'm trying to figure out a good segue here. So I'm going to start with something that we were saying off off air. The nightclub loves Canada. We just love oh, it. Oh, yes. Canadians Yo, make some Canada of the best. Canada loves the nightclub. That's for sure. We, we, that we take that as an official endorsement from the Canadian government, and we request oh, yeah. that, that we be placed somewhere in the national anthem, uh, <laughs> as, as per mentioned. So Yeah, we, we edited our national anthem like four years ago, so you, you still got room to get in there. That's amazing. What, wait, what did they take out or put in? They took out the part with, uh, you know, it, in all our son's command, that was like the line, and they took in all of us command just to be more gender inclusive. But and I, like I, half the people yeah. were like, F that, man. The other half was like, all right, cool. And then <laughs> everybody still says in all our son's command because you just, that's how you've heard it. Ingrained. Kid. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like America, man. <laughs> Pretty much. It's always just right down to like half people, half the people yep. don't care. Yeah. Every, everybody's got their opinions, cause I, I'm 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 cool <clears throat> with that. But like over here, they make a big deal about the um. I think it's the in God we trust part or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And they I'm trip just, about that. And I'm like, none of that matters, man. No, I like no. the way that. I like the way the Canadian anthem starts more than the American anthem. I don't care how blasphemous that sounds to all you uh, Yankee Doodles listening, but Oh Canada, yeah. sounds way more opera. Yeah, but your your anthem has rockets in it. Like our our anthem just ends with like drop the fucking puck. You know, like at least that's what I hear every time I go to a game. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So amongst uh, some of the the great Canadian horror films. We've got a Canadian creative here with us tonight. And where, where are you from, sir? Uh, Ontario? Yeah, so in Toronto, just outside of Ontario. So we've got provinces, not states. So Ontario is the province. And uh, Toronto is just like, it's one of the, the biggest cities in Canada. So just, just outside of there. Is that where you're from originally? Or did you grow up in like some small Canadian town? I was born in like the smallest Canadian town. I was actually born in the Northwest Territory. So like where the polar bears live and stuff like that. So I was born way up North. Um, but uh, I was raised there for first couple of years and I moved down to here. So I spent most of my life in this area, but, uh, but yeah, I w- I'm like, I'm like super Canadian over here. You know, <laughs> I was going to say, if you had like a polar bear fight, we would love to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Any, any bear stories you got? No, no, no polar bear fights. I definitely took at least a bear or something like that home from a bar one time. I swear to you, I felt <laughs> like a fight or something like that. But uh, no actual polar bear fights. That's like us. Never... We got gators like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I just we... I just took a, a lease out on a new one that I can start driving to work. That's how we get around down here on yeah, the gators. We just drive gators. Yeah, you know what? You know what's the real problem? The, the bears aren't that bad up here. Honestly, they're not that bad. They're far and few in between. They're scared of you. But the moose, the moose are huge. These things are built like trucks, you know? Yeah, that's what I hear, yeah. man. I hear they can get really fucking ornery, too. Yeah, man. Like around, <laughs> around mating season? Yo, you just stay yeah. inside, man. They're crazy. Ornery, horny yeah. moose. Yeah. Oh, oh that's oh, a band shit. name. I was going to say that might be the episode name. <laughs> ornery, horny moose. Yeah. So whenever you whenever you moved into toronto ontario canada and you started living life there and i hear that that place is really cool i think seth rogan's from there but i could be wrong about that that's vancouver it's that's oh, like it's, that's like yeah. the difference between like new york and florida it's like just opposite sides you know like yeah. oh oh oh, yeah. oh okay well i'm way off but, uh, i've so- i've been to victoria canada yeah. i was there victoria, for a day. BC, yeah yeah yep. 
yeah, Canada's crazy huge. Like, uh, uh, man, any anytime I like meet people from, especially like Europe, Europe in general, they're always like, oh man, this is cool. Toronto's great. Can we go to like Vancouver tomorrow? I'm like, nah, nah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> you can drive from now until tomorrow. You're not going to be there. You're not going to be halfway there. So, yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Canada's it's Canada wider than so the United wide, States, bro. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then we have like a tumor that we that we have that lives on y'all's head. Right, just way yeah. up there. <laughs> it's like Canada has American America cancer. It has Alaska, America cancer. Alaska yeah. and this lady that flies helicopters and shoots wolves is running the show up there. That's like oh, a man, ten-year-old yeah. political joke. That's like a really right? old political joke. That's how much I follow fucking politics in Alaska. So, so, so you're living around there, and at what age? Since this is a horror-centric podcast, I got to ask you about it. What age did you first discover horror, or find a, a film that really scared the shit out of you to the point to where you're like, I think I want to watch more of this kind of stuff? Man, horror was like uh, this is the exact opposite of probably what you're gonna hear from most of your guests or most of the people you talk to. I was just like drilled in from my parents that horror movies just weren't weren't it. it you know, they like hyped it up so much more than I thought and um I, I guess they just didn't like horror movies and they were like no nah, you're gonna watch this you're gonna have nightmares you're gonna hate it so I like I was like 18 years old before I worked, watched my first horror movie so I'm a super late bloomer super late Damn, bloomer for, like the whole gotcha. game the first horror movie I watched uh was uh what lies beneath oh man like and, and it, it wasn't wasn't even good it wasn't it was more of a thriller than anything else i mean i can't even remember most of the plot because i mean i was just so in my head about how horrifying this was going to be and uh when i realized it wasn't going to be that bad when i when i realized it wasn't going to be the end of the world to just you know watch a horror movie that's i think that's when the light bulb happened i was like okay that this is something i can do i think just like everything else i mean you're just always looking for that next that next hit that next high so I mean, I'm happy we're talking about Hell House LLC because that's just like the newest best that I've seen recently. But if you were to talk to me, actually, when we start, first started talking about it, I had a different movie pick because that's how quickly things change. There's so much good horror out there. So it's uh, you talk to me again in a month, I'll be like, oh, man, but Hell House LLC was great, but I got some new stuff for you. So uh, I'm always looking for that new, better horror. We, that's we, like Ricky we're kind here. of in like a renaissance horror period right now, and I, I fucking love it. There's always something great, you know, just yeah. right around the corner. Absolutely. Yep. And, and and people are getting so creative with the promotion, especially, I find especially around horror, there's a lot of people and a lot of uh, companies and directors that are doing something unique and different. I remember when the first It movie came out, the, the Stephen King one there, they were doing promos when I was getting off the subway, like to get to work, they were just doing promos. They were just handing stuff out. And I mean, like, you don't get that guerrilla marketing, you know, uh, they have people had like the, the they were tying red balloons to, to sewer grates and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and just the way that the industry is really blooming. I mean, I feel like anybody who's passionate about whatever industry they're, they're going to say, oh yeah, it's blooming. It's coming up and stuff like, but I think horse it's really special and it's coming into its own because people need that escape now more than ever. I like I like that right there, which you just did. Nice, nice so, little segue. When people need a, a, a great escape. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have to give that. That's, that's not what I was intending, but yeah. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> no, that you worked created... perfect. We, we, we've, we've got segue ears. We're always kind of listening for them. 
<laughs> that's you that's guy, that's why you guys are doing what you're doing you know i love it you created something rather unique uh i hadn't even thought of this idea and i'm not sure i think i don't remember how i came across uh your game but you you created something called usb escape and th- okay what 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 was the impetus for 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 wanting to create something like this you must be a fan of escape rooms uh, you know what? That's a that's a good question. Uh, but I mean, not not in the way that I'm sure that you think. Um, a lot of people who create anything, they've you know they've been a fan for a long time. Uh, what had happened is I was in the throes of COVID when it first started. I mean, I was you know I got let go from from my job. I you know I had I had time to kill and, and nothing was moving. Um, so I jumped into the things that I really enjoyed and the, the thing that I've always loved is board games, but board games, you need other people. Um, so I was looking for a way to play board games by myself. And that's where the take home escape room games came in. Uh, up to that point, I'd only had played one in-person escape room. They, you know, lock you in a room for 60 minutes and give you a bunch of puzzles and tell you to leave. So I bought a bunch of these escape rooms, um, from, you know, anybody who would sell them online and I played them and a lot of the ones that I played were just not very well put together. And it was one of those, I can do better than this type of things. I'm pretty sure, you know, everybody in their life has had one of those instances where they're like, this was cool, but I know I could do a better version of this, you know, whether it's Absolutely. acting or singing or sports or, or something, you know, you know, that's it. You know, I'm yeah, sure well, we heard a song no, on the radio no, 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 and we, it's like, I could do it better i feel i i yeah I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts before i finally decided to start one and when i started when i started th- this one and and ricky got on board and i heard what we were doing after a few episodes and now what it's become yeah sometimes you're just you, you look at the landscape and you're like i think i think i could i can thrive here <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's free real estate <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you have something unique to say people want to hear it that's that's the truth for everything for the rest of everybody's life and i mean i you guys touched on it perfectly you guys filled a void and i think that a lot because you you were not only your approach to horror is unique because i mean any anybody can throw together a podcast anybody can talk about horror but it's those are the sum of the pieces are greater than the individual pieces oh you guys have something unique with your personality the way that you talk the way that you vibe and uh, people respond to that. And I mean, hey, I'm here because I responded to that. I mean, I'm, I, you know, there's, there's other podcasts out there. And I was really excited to be on this one because you guys have something truly unique. And that's what I ended up happening with me. I, you know, I saw, saw a need. I saw that I could do something. And I honestly don't remember the day I started creating puzzles. I don't remember the day I sat down and said, hey, this is a thing. I just remember being a couple months in going, hey, I think I can connect these puzzles together with the story. I think I can make this something real. And, uh, and it just worked and it just worked and it's resonated. And, you know, there's 10 countries in this world that have played my game. Um, Whoa. You know, nice. quite a few hundred people have, have bought my product and had it shipped to their house. And, and, uh, and it's weird to have like fans and it's crazy to, to have people say, Hey, I, genuinely enjoy having played this game when is the next one coming out so things like that i think just end up being quite a bit of their own reward as you go so 
and maybe you guys can talk to about that, uh, like, in, or talk to that about uh, your podcast and and how how it's resonated. But uh, oh, I mean, know, I'm sure you know how that feels, dude. We, yeah, we we've been lucky enough to talk to some really, and that's what I was getting at at the at the onset. We are talking to nothing but creative people all month long who have yeah. awesome projects that they work on and, and it's my favorite thing about it just the yeah. networking and the connecting it's hands that, down that, that's all it's come down to is is the people we get to talk to and like how you were saying that this is super fun dude we love doing this shit um i i wanted to start a podcast to kind of connect with people make people laugh if, if possible but when once it became a genre podcast and a genre that i've loved since i was a kid it, it it just it I don't know we got we got one of your fellow Canadians on the show director Nick Shostakovsky who made one of the best cosmic horror films of all time hands down fucking okay. uh Black Mountainside seek that shit out if you haven't heard it we also cover it in episode whatever Tentacle Roundhouse Cos- Tentacle Roundhouse yeah yeah that's the one and that's we talked to Nick he he was awesome guy and and to be able to talk to people like him like Jarek Thibodeau and Jai Benoit. And some other folks that are coming up, um, it, it's it's awesome, man. And that's the that's the reason for it at, at, right now is just being able to do something like this. And I gotta I gotta ask though, you must be somewhat of a like some kind of a writer too, right? You have to write this stuff out. You've got to plan a story, and there's got to be some intricacies in there that go along with creating a puzzle that has it gets people thinking. I, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna put it on Front Street. Uh, Ricky and I, none of the Coven have touched the game yet. We haven't tried the game, uh, so I haven't experienced it. Right. Probably. That's, that's okay. One's gonna be sent to you after this. After we wrap today, that's that's all there is. It's just gonna show up at your front door, you know. So yeah, no. <laughs> say, say less. Yeah. Party it's, on, it's, dude. It's been more of a time issue for me because yeah. um, oh, I'm in the middle of of a move and all kinds of other crap. Uh, but yeah, all that this is this said, is terrible audio experience, but I I can see you right now, and you're in your car right now, so <laughs> nobody's yeah. doubting your time constraints. So when I got some background knowledge about getting us together tonight, and nobody doubts that you're not working hard. No, 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 trust, trust. I I don't wrap my ego up in this. And one of my favorite things about the small businesses, I, I mean, I, I'm I got a job. I got all this other stuff. This, this is a passion before anything else. It doesn't pay the bills in the sense that I need to deliver on something in order to, to survive. So that's why I can sell my game at the price that I sell it for. That's why I can do what I can do and where I can dedicate my hours. If I had to pay myself a wage per hour that I spent on this game, this wouldn't be the same quality. So I think I want to touch on a couple of things, you know, the passion project, a hundred percent, you, you got to have the passion there first. And I, I can see that with what you guys have and, and, and for sure with, with uh, what I put in my game. And then earlier you were talking about creating a narrative around it. I mean, we are the the sum of the interactions that we have in our life. And I have drawn so much from everything that I've read, touched, watched, seen, felt kind of thing. So growing up, I mean, I, down, downtown Toronto is a pretty busy place, but I, I've, you know, I live outside of Toronto uh, in a pretty rural area. So just having that natural um, <laughs> spook, honestly, spooky atmosphere has been a, a big draw for that. And um, you can just see influences of different genres of horror, um, you know, in my game. 
in particular. And what that leads to is that the narrative for the game particularly lends itself on um, that sense of real rural Canadian isolation and horror based off of nobody's coming to get you if things go south. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So I mean the and so you guys said you hadn't played the game, and it's totally fine. My ego's not wrapped up into people who haven't played the game. Bill Gates hasn't played my game either, and I'm not crying about that. Um, <laughs> and he's way more busy than all three of us put together. But uh, what that translates to is that um, I put for for the game in particular, it centers around a the main character protagonist Owen, and uh, he is selling off his family home after the untimely death death of his mother. And so it's very isolated in the box of the home. And so it gives you that real escape room feel that there's something in the house with Owen and it's just the whole discovery of it. And, you know, it kind of gives you that very tense vibe, very similar to the movie we're going to talk about tonight. I fucking love that, man. And I see that I see you're on season two right now. That's correct. For the games, yeah. that's what made me want to ask about about you being a writer. And do you do you think that? Uh, and I, I say this as someone who writes as well. And Ricky Ricky also has has written. I don't know if he still writes, but he has. He 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 better be. We have some plans coming up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, that's like a that's becoming a two year old uh, teaser at this point. Two year old <laughs> teaser. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good band you, name. <laughs> oh. hope somebody's writing this down somewhere oh it's all gonna it's in you know, the yeah. editing bay. i'm gonna be writing down note after we're note. on the grid now motherfucker i know i was about to say <laughs> thanks thanks for that thanks for yeah. that because i'm gonna one get phone calls that i want one second because i'm about to yeah what you, what you drinking over there some natterdays my boy that's a natterday yeah because yeah, i man. got that i got that andigator that's a louisiana local beer right there fuck yeah the andigator do you see yourself at some point maybe actually turning this into a a written narr- like a story like a or is that an ongoing is writing, narrative type of thing? Is writing something you you were even uh, thinking about? I only ask as a writer because I know you have to construct a story for what you're the for the game that you're you're uh, delivering. The anticlimactic answer is no, and the reason why is I think you've got to. You've got to really, whenever you're coming up with anything in particular, you focus down on what you're good at and what, what you can deliver. And for me, the, that's an escape room experience. You guys are doing horror podcasts and you're not doing a horror podcast that also, you know, tries the best coffee in each town you go to because that's too disjointed. You know, there's people who want to hear about the coffee, the people who want to hear about a horror. They're not all going to overlap kind of thing. So, the anticlimactic answer is no. However, it, Steven Spielberg calls me tomorrow and says, hey, I want to turn this into a movie. You best know I'm writing a script tonight. So, uh, you know, it's uh, right, right. I'm not I'm not opposed to the idea. I've always loved the idea of re- like writing, doing any type of author stuff. Uh, I'm really happy about that type of stuff. And, and there's a lot of narrative to the game in particular. Uh, it's a good chunk of the reason why the game is a three and a half hour experience on average, because it's a it's an in-depth breadth of a, a world. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you're having to learn a bunch of unnecessary information. Uh, what it means is, as you alluded to, I'm working on season two, I'm putting the final touches on it. And then there's going to be a third season. They come out on an annual basis. But 
things that happen in season one are going to pertain to things that happen in season two and season three. So nice. what this really all comes together is, is that there is an overarching story. If that's something that ends up getting turned into, you know, a, you know, a screen screenplay or, or, or something that I even just write just for my own mental sanity, you know, wonderful. But to be quite candid, it's not a priority. I, I did ask that too, because of that very reason. I mean, you got podcasts like Lore that get adapted into Amazon Prime shows and that right there, it just, it's like, okay, so then what's outside the realm of possibility? Could the narrative from this escape room game you play at home since, you know, people, people can't go out because of COVID or they're, they're worried that they're going to get sick. So, but they still want to have fun or you could play this. I, I I'm, I'm guessing just for the fucking fun of it, man. Like you don't have to be scared of going out and getting sick. You, you could just sit at home, have a fun experience but this could get turned into, like, I, I'm saying this just spitballing, like, a story that actually, like, yeah, you wrote it into a screenplay and, like, boom, Netflix picks it up. Who knows? Right, right. The way you talk about passion, it's got my mind saying, right now, sky's the limit if you really, really, really try. Right. And I like, I like that energy. And I think the fact that you guys, and you guys were alluding this earlier, you guys were interviewing, you know, directors of, of indie films and stuff like that. And that uh, pulled up Black Mountain side, you know, to, to take a look at it while we're talking here. And I mean, you know, you don't get there by just phoning it in. You guys, I mean, you, you well, ask I, and you I, shall I, receive, you put it up. That's, that's all I did. All I did was ask him. I yeah. literally just shot him a message on Facebook and was like, hey, man, this is who we are. We love your movie. Would you like to talk to us on the show? That's all I did. And that's and and then and then I I, I got that a fellow Canadian lover, Kevin Smith. Um, he's made some awesome horror films set in Canada, Tusk and Yoga Hosers. Fuck yeah. Yep. Um, check those out. Oh, Moose Jaws, that should be coming down the pike at some point. But uh hey, Tusk is so trippy. If you haven't seen Tusk, just do yourself a favor. Just don't be on any illicit drugs because you will not survive. <laughs> that is a trippy movie. <laughs> that movie is so fucking awesome, man. It's yes. amazing. And, and and halfway through, it just it really dawned on me. Right about the time for the big fight, I don't want to say too much, but the, the, when the big fight's happening, I'm just like, wait, what the fuck am I watching? What, what is what is this? What is life? It's crazy. What what is existence? It, it had me really existential and all fucked up, but I loved it. Totally I don't want to get too far away from from something that you said is it is that you said it's so important is just ask. And if, if you're if you're listening to this right now and you're just you know, you're either listening in your car and you're at your destination, or you sit in your office, quitting time, and, and you're going to turn off this podcast at a point. Do it after this point. Just ask because you'll be so surprised. Because I remember when I first started coming up with it, not that everything has to go back to my game or anything like that. I first started off with my game, my partner at the time, she was like, Don't buy a bunch of USB sticks because if you get 100 USB sticks and nobody buys it, um, you're going to be stuck with 100 USB sticks. And so I didn't. I just kind of bought like 10 and I sold through that 10 before I even like fully launched just on pre-launch. And why? Because I asked podcasts like this, uh, different ones in the escape room industry, just by asking people, I've been able to take a concept and idea and been able to absolutely run with it. And I'm, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm in over 10 different countries. You know, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of these games and just by asking, you know, 
not being spammy, not being annoying. No, dude, no. Just asking true. the right questions, and yeah, not that you're supposed to turn off the podcast now. Stay, stay tuned. We're talking about cool <laughs> stuff today. So yeah, fucking a, man, and and I love where all this is going because it's it's like you you're saying you don't want to be you know sell a salesman, but the truth of the matter is is this is the type of stuff that fans or 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 people a, a consumer who's looking for something really wants is someone who cares about the product that they're putting out we take the time on our show to take the extra steps do the extra little bit of of editing the extra little bit of research sometimes sometimes we skimp on the research a little bit but it it, it, it i think it all ends like you said the sum is greater than the parts and 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 i'm proud of the show that we put out and i, I brought up smith to say i asked and i received i'm, I'm not going to go into the whole story because i think i've told it on the podcast before but the, the the too long don't read version is uh kevin smith married my wife and i so and he's one of my fucking heroes and the fact that that got to ha- like my in my life that that happened all from just asking but me asking the question if you trace the root all the way back, it's because that man was so passionate about the things he was doing, the films he made, the talks he gave, that it inspired me to want to seek out being a, a creative. And there you go. Oh, then one day he's marrying me and my wife, all because you just said, huh, I wonder if this can happen and then try it. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the key, man, right there. So with, with your game, 100%. with your game, you said it's a three and a half hour experience. On average, that's great. Yeah. On on average, some people take four, some people take a little bit less. Um, so the 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 elevator pitch for it is it's eight. It's a take home horror escape room game. Play it on a USB stick. I don't know if that's been mentioned enough times, but uh, it's on a USB stick. You plug it in your computer, away you go. You don't need anything extra and above. Uh, and it's eight major puzzles, thirteen hidden mystery Easter egg type things and uh, one meta puzzle and it takes around three and a half hours if you want to bomb through it and just i just want to solve puzzles i don't care about excuse me they, i don't care about the you know the the storyline or anything like that i just want to get to the end as quickly as I can you can probably finish it in probably around two hours kind of thing if you really bomb through it um, yeah. if you want to take your time with it push against every boundary push against every corner you can take four four and a half hours easy so uh really really interestingly enough i was when i was beta testing season one i had uh i was beta testing with a family and uh they i, I brought enough sticks so that everybody could play and then they broke up into two different groups and one group decided they wanted to read everything write down anything that i thought was interesting go like full detective mode deep dive the other the other group just wanted to get to the end as quickly as possible, wanted to do some other stuff. Just let's get to the end. And they finished around the same time because mm-hmm. those who read every single detail, they got all the subtle nuances and the ones who rushed through it just, uh, you know, might, skimmed over some stuff and might have some important pieces. Um, but both of them finished within 10 minutes of each other. And wow. uh, so, <laughs> so it goes to show that like, you know, the, the three and a half hour experience is pretty accurate in terms of timing. It's 1499 Canadian. You guys are in the States. So that's probably like 25 cents for you guys. Uh, Cause the Canadian dollar is so weak. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I wanted to say that that's like, so for the, the average price of a, an escape room, us dollars, I guess would be somewhere. It would be upwards of $20 for a 60 minute experience. Yeah. You're going to pay per person per person. 
you're right. gonna pay yeah. less than that and have it you don't even gotta go nowhere you're not wasting any any gas you're not you're not making any crazy plans you could just have people come over or you could play it by yourself right i mean absolutely and then you can take it and hand it off to somebody else this is the this is the 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 cool part about this thing that like i'm saying i, I hadn't had the time to get a hold of it i'm going to um i want to ask too about the logo because i really love the logo it's a yeah. labyrinth and there's a moth and then there's the uh i mean i look at things with a little bit of an esoteric kind of Hell yes so you you have a circle a triangle and a square but it is the usb symbol i'm like how how'd you come up because i love the logo thing i'm i'm, I'm i draw and and stuff like that and when um, i saw the moth i thought of you <laughs> yeah i have a moth tattoo on my hand that's so sick yeah so i was instantly drawn to it for that reason um how, how'd you come up with that oh man you're gonna be so disappointed in this answer i was drinking i was drinking with a couple of my friends i like how and, it starts um, already <laughs> we pulled up a video because we were talking about it we pulled up a video and it was like how to make because uh have you guys heard about ARGs, augmented or alternative reality games um, yeah, yes. Slender Man was an ARG before it became a game, before it came a, a movie, before it came a meme. Um, Slender Man was one. Uh, there's a bunch of other ones. There's a there's another one called like The Sun Disappeared. Uh, Cicada Thirty Three Hundred One. There's debates on whether it's a secret site or it's an ARG. Uh, Cicada so Thirty Three is like a, a. I thought that was like a CIA recruiting tool or some shit like that yeah yeah they, i mean they we never really got to the bottom of it but uh yeah anyways oh. so i was really oh. deep diving in those and uh i watched this satirical video of how to make your own arg and it said you know pick an animal black it out so i was like okay what's a cool animal and i was like oh not an animal like those moths and the, the one that you have tattooed on the back of your hand the ones that like have skull designs on them I yeah. was like, I've always drawn to those. The the silence of the lambs moth, if you're you're struggling to think of it. That I've always been drawn. I'm like, okay, there's my thing blacked out. I'm literally doing this real time with my you know computer connection, my TV with my buddies. We're all drinking and having fun. And I'm like, okay, well, my game's obviously gonna be on a USB stick, so we gotta get that logo in there. So slap that with a contrasting red, red on front. And uh, you know, and then I was like, Oh, I gotta close this in, it just can't sit there. So I threw it in a circle. Uh, so this thing's taken me like 10 seconds to put together. And quite candidly, um, a month went by and I saw another escape room logo and it had the maze in the background, the labyrinth in the background. And then I was like, oh, I should probably put that in. So like my logo was was kind of terrible for a month before I put the maze in the background. And um, I since then, I've had like stickers printed. I've, you know, I've I've done a bunch of like guerrilla marketing where I've put that logo up around my town kind of thing. I've, you know, Fuck been yeah. on different things so yeah it's, it's something that i slapped together in five minutes it's not as deep as you were giving me credit for so no 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 you're that i love i love inspiration in the moment and things that come together like that like yeah. that 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 just fell into place right away i'm a musician uh ricky is as well we're both musicians and the 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 whenever you're just jamming with somebody and something just falls into place, nobody planned this shit, nothing spectacular was talked about. It just works. I love that. Like when, when it's I designed, the lo- no, there is nothing better. There really isn't. You can spend all day planning on how, how a verse or a riff is going to connect to something else. But when something just happens organically, it's the best. 
you guys can back me up on this. You can sometimes, there'll be days and anything creative, this is always the case. You can spend eight hours and get eight minutes worth of, of information yes. from it. Yes. And you can spend eight minutes and get eight hours worth of information. It just Very depends just. on the vibe and the flow. Like sometimes you're just banging away at nothing. And some days you're just farting around and you just get these gems that you're like, where did this come from? So uh, it was one of those gem moments. What's your favorite time of day to be creative? Like, what's your best time of day that works the best for you to get in that mindset and be creative? Uh, I hate to be really terrible about this, but there's not a, a particular time. I am a consistency person. Uh, I will just keep pushing away. And, and as we were alluding to, like, sometimes it'll be, you know, eight hours and it's just all garbage stuff. you all thrown out. And sometimes it's just, you know, it's just fire for no reason. So there's, I ask uh, that because it's not a particular me, time of day. It's like, it's when everyone else is asleep. So it's gotta be, it's dark. It's gotta, so either late at night or early in the morning, if, if everyone's asleep, nothing's going on and it's dark out. That for me is the, it's the best time to, I, I, I tend to get more out of that. I do agree, though, however, like, you know, of course, it's a muse. It can come and go. And, 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 and like you said, that was a great description. Eight minutes and eight hours or eight hours and eight minutes. I mean, yeah, it could go both ways. And that's the fun, unpredictability about, about spontaneous creativity. But the way your logo came together, again, I'm a stickler for uh, – not a stickler, sorry. Uh, what's the word? I, lo- I, love, I love the logo thing. When I designed the, the nightclub logo, it was something I thought of. For most of the day, and by thought of, I don't mean I thought of how to construct it. I mean, I had the image in my head all day until I got home. It was burning in my brain, and then I drew it, and it was there. And that's the same exact logo. The first drawing I made is the same one that's still the logo to this day. Um, and I think it's a pretty good, uh, you know. I got it on my trunk ball. Yeah, yeah. Ricky's got a um, decal of it. And I have that's one, sick. too. I just yeah. haven't put it on my car yet because this car is temporary. At this point, yeah, we gotta start marketing that. Put it marketing it. Put it on everybody's car, whether they ask for it or not. Just start sticking that everywhere. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We get we get a decent amount of listeners, and we're trying to give away. Still to this day, we're trying to give away a bunch of cool horror stickers. So anyone out there who wants free stickers that I will send to you, email the nightclub. All we want is a kaiju giallo from you, and if you don't know what that is. Give us some Kaiju Giallo. Make up your own horror movie. Who's starring in it? What's the plot? What's the what's all the you got to do the drive-in, uh, the Joe Bob drive-in totals. totals you got to yeah. you got to do that. If you don't know what that is, look it up. But just send one in. We want to read something on the show, and you're gonna get free fucking shit. So that's a little plug right there from us. Uh, ben trying to give this shit away for months. <laughs> that was Angel's idea, by the way. Yeah. She's she's and so and so was the uh the, the where's promo. she at? Uh, she's taking care of the kids. She's doing mom stuff. She's That's doing the important, the important work. <sighs> what? <laughs> how, how dare how dare you, sir? Put them in the yard, man. Just let them roam around Just with the gators. Let them roam with the gators and the mosquitoes and the gator mosquito yeah, hybrids. You got more than one kid. The one's an example. The other one's the one who makes it. You know, right? One yeah, learns well, from the other's mistakes. That's that would be true. Except my kids, my two little kids are so close in age that. One learns from the other one, and then then there's a period right there. One learns from the other one. They both act in the ass. It don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so so all that being said about about uh, and like uh, like I said, I'm gonna I want to play this game. 
I want to experience the, oh, yeah. the, Chronicle, the Chronicles of Owen. Is there a title, like a subtitle for the game? Uh, yes. So USB Escape is the company. That's that's the that's the McDonald's. That's the the Nike, and then whatever the the shoe or the the Big Mac is, it's, it's the Not Family Chronicles. And it just goes not family chronicles season one, season two, season three kind of thing. Right I on. love this idea, man. I, I really think this is something that the world in this day and age, this is the kind of thing. And, and the word escape can mean a bunch of different things in, in, in your company's title. Yeah. Because everyone everyone needs to escape their reality from time to time because reality for the Oof. most part <laughs> at the moment, for the most part, yeah, it could be it could it could still be great, but not uh... It ain't been. <laughs> it ain't been. You know what? And so. humans, humans crave answers. You know, and that's why you know the the infamous, you know, like a you know do 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 do. If I just do that in your head, you finish that for do, me. Do. You, you already yeah, finished I that. Did. Yeah, I, exactly. I did. So we crave those answers. We compre- We crave those those conclusions. And um, and and when you get a satisfying answer, when you get a puzzle and it unlocks, and you get a bigger piece of the puzzle to move forward that's so satisfying so i you know and that not just me there's tons of amazing creators out there uh you know i've worked with quite a few of them and there's so much out there and uh i'm just i'm just one small little piece i'm just the person who's on your podcast tonight so there's other collaborators oh man it's like every other subgenre there's tons of other people out there so uh, for example, I'm going to do a random little plug. Uh, I'm working with a company called Scarlet Envelope, and they send you an escape room in like a mail envelope. And they make amazing games. Uh, there's in the States, they have a really good one called Deadbolt Mystery Society. I pay $60 to get it through customs. It's cheaper for you guys. Um, but uh, it's there's they have really good horror and horror adjacent escape room games they come in these really fancy boxes and everything they've got like cool tactile items to use so there, it, there's a whole breath in it I, we could talk for another hour about all the different small little ones that people who aren't really in in the industry or haven't done a ton of take-home escape room games may not know about but they're out there just do a quick google google search and, and truly honestly if you don't if you play my game you don't play my game you interact with you know me on any type of social media or you don't that doesn't matter but check out these other people too because there's so many things if it's not 100 your thing there's other things out there horror is not your thing why are you listen to this podcast there's other options out there um so check check some of that stuff out because there's so much fun yeah yeah check them out but fuck them because you USB Escape is the official <laughs> game for the Nightclub podcast. Endorsed, hundred percent. No, but, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, check out check out those other games like he was talking about. And dude, th- th- this I, like again, I can't say it enough. I think that's a really cool idea, and that's why whenever we were talking about you coming on the show, I'm like, fuck yeah, I wanna I wanna pimp this shit because it's a unique, it's a hundred percent a unique idea that I had never heard of. I'm like, right. an escape room in your own house. And again, during this time, I mean, come on, right. bravo! I yeah. want to say, bravo! Thank That's you, all. thank you so much. I okay. actually wanted to ask you a little something, a little bit more personal, Keith. Shoot, you said you're into board games. I, this is where I was going with this. Ricky already knows. Oh, okay, well, you know, hey, why don't you take over? <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go ahead. All right, so I, I wanted to ask you something real quick. Um, you were talking about a passion for board games earlier, right? Absolutely. 
Are you familiar with the uh, Cool Mini or Not board games? I love Simon. Yeah. Okay. So I've got this big ass, awesome uh, Death May Die board game that my co-hosts just fucking surprised me with for my birthday this year. And I still haven't got to play it, but I'm super excited. And I just wanted to share that information. <laughs> I mean, the the question is not, not I mean, it, when are you going to play that? It's how far is the distance from Toronto to where you are so I can come play that with you? <laughs> that is an epic game. Like, I'm on my way. Like, I got my car keys on right now. Like, jingle, right. jingle, let's go. Like, that's a good, that's a, that's we'll a good you, game. We'll and that's fly a, you out, man. Yeah, we we'll flew put out it on there. the company card. We'll fly you out. We flew out our last. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> a Halloween, yeah, last Halloween we flew out our guest, and uh, he got to stay at the uh, Castle Moonskull. Castle, yeah, Castle Moonskull. Yeah, that is a that is a that is a uh, locale we own. It's it's barren, but it's it sucks. Uh, <laughs> I did want to ask about the whole the whole board game you did mention. When you were when you were growing up, what were your favorite board games? Because I'm gonna say right now, I'm a Monopoly guy. All right, I really really enjoy Monopoly. I, I've, I've always had fun playing it. That was the first board game that broke me out. Monopoly Besides, makes me so angry. <laughs> you know what? And that that makes sense because actually, Monopoly wasn't ever intended to be a game. It was supposed to be a commentary on capitalism, and it was supposed to be broken on purpose, right? And, and not fair, and create the the, the ruptures that. that it's so famous for well you better get so, the hell I mean, off this american uncommon. podcast because this right. is america usa 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 this is a canadian over here coming to talk to you about socialism you know no, no, no. <laughs> that's not that's not what I, i'm not trying to convert nobody that's i'm just i'm just know like three facts about monopoly and i bet you just hit on that one for me so <laughs> no monopoly was good i mean i played all the classics. i played all the classics but um to, to be candid, what, what had happened is I mean this is this is a real story, a true story, embarrassing story nonetheless. I went on a date. I went on a date, a Tinder date, and I, we did we did what people on Tinder usually do. We uh we didn't we didn't really stick around for coffee or anything like that. We kind of got to it, and um and afterwards oh, just yeah, kind of trying to make USA. conversation. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> afterwards just trying to keep conversation going i was like so what are you doing this weekend she's like you don't need to you don't need to like make this more than it is i was like oh that's that's fair i'm like but you know you can answer the question she's like i'm going to a board game convention i was like oh that sounds so cool and so i had a date the next weekend with somebody who i actually like genuinely wanted to be you know interested in and i was kind of struggling for something to do i was like hey random do you want to go to a board game convention and she was like <laughs> yeah sure so i took like my new date to the board game convention because i didn't know what else to do um dumbass me didn't think that the person i was with before who told me about it was going to be there but they were obviously and I had like the most awkward time, but it was super fun. And I was like, yo, board games are cool. Um, right. And I played a lot of like the modern <laughs> board games, like, you know, like all your, your things you expect, like Catan, like, Fuck yeah, Ride, Catan is the you know, like cards against humanity and stuff. Right. Yeah. And it just, it, I mean, there's so much more out there. There's so much more out there. And it's just blown up from there for me. I have like well you, over a hundred board games. Are you a fan of the board James series? Board James. I don't think I'm familiar. Okay. There's this guy. Speaking of a, a of a, another creative, there's a guy out there named James Rolfe. He's better known as the angry video game nerd. Of course, but, I know the angry video game nerd. Why didn't you start with that? I grew up on that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I know. Other, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's his other series. And and it's it's really, really good. Like it evolved from something that was if you go watch the whole series from start to finish, it evolves from from them playing the board games and making fun of them to there's an overlying dark storyline going on in those videos. And it's fucking awesome, man. Like I'm a huge James Rolfe fanboy. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. who, who, Who isn't that's like in our age group? Man, I'm like right now as we're talking, I'm thinking about the angry video game nerd theme song. <laughs> oh man, I want to go play some games that suck ass <laughs> and take you back to the past. Yeah, fucking a man. Yeah, that's amazing. This is okay. So we 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 we've talked about the the the, the USB game. Yes. Everybody, go out there and check out the Knotts Family Chronicles. Uh, the website is usbescape.com. Is it not? Absolutely. If you're, yeah. if you're Canadian and you feel patriotic, you can also just type in usbscape.ca, but .com works good. <laughs> well, uh, the go. other thing that I would like to say, too, is that if you just, like, you're not 100% sold, hey, I haven't played escape rooms, I'm like, is it going to be too hard? Is it going to be too easy? Is it going to be too dumb, too whatever? You want to see how my mind works and you want some free stuff, free is a great number. Just check out my Instagram, um, lesser extent my TikTok, but Instagram just so that you can play a couple of the puzzles that I've done. None of the puzzles that are on my, t- or my Instagram or my TikTok are also um, in the game, so you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything like that. But you can kind of see how my mind works and be like, oh, okay, you know, these puzzles are good or bad or whatever you you determine they are and then you can just try them out so uh just quick plug on that uh usb.escape for instagram and tiktok and all of these all all of your socials and your links will be in the show notes the the description of the show so anyone who wants to instead of jotting it down or having to remember always go check out the show notes i never plug this but I, I, I always put things in there. So if like if it's a video we reference on the show or something like that, nine times out of ten, there there, there might be a link. It, it isn't always going to happen, but it happens uh, most of the time. And for someone like Mr. Keith from USB Escape, that's definitely going to be in the show notes. Yeah. So without any further ado, you boys ready to tackle tonight's film? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Wait. Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? Oh, I can feel it all right. I can feel it right in my ass. So tonight, tonight is a is a little bit of a first. Uh, for tonight's midnight ritual, we're going to be covering a found footage film. And if you yes. don't know, if this is your first episode of the nightclub, if you don't know what a midnight ritual is, it's when we turn the lights down low, we light the candle inside the jack o' lantern, set it on the porch steps, brew our favorite drink, whether that be beer or coffee, either one. You're at the nightclub. It doesn't matter. Both. Grab a treat. Sit down. Turn on the TV if you have not seen tonight's film. Cry off the podcast now. Oh, you bastards. Why are you torturing me like this? Why? (laughs) Shut up. Oh, my God. 
Tonight's film is Hell House LLC, a 2015 American found footage horror film written and directed by Stephen Cognetti. And it's produced by FBI Films. So they're on the lookout, I guess. I don't know. The film, this, this movie is, is uh, this is a subgenre that I'm, I'm kind of really into based on one other movie I can think of called the, uh, what is it, uh, the, the Taking of Deborah Logan. Uh, and that I think oh, that movie's yeah. from around the same year. The film is presented as a documentary with found footage within. I really dig this. Uh, I dig it a lot, to be honest with you. The the movie runs 83 minutes long, so it's it's kind of a short watch. If you're watching the theatrical cut, there is a director's cut. Uh, I don't know the the extended director's cut time, but on uh, and we do this on the Joe Blow Horror Show. Shout out to Boss Tuna. I guess I guess we're gonna start stealing this. I always yeah, bud. It. I always yeah, bud. I always <laughs> announce it, but I'm gonna go ahead and do what we do on Joe Blow. So if you like this kind of shit, go listen to Joe Blow. We're having a fucking good time. Episode 50. Yeah, it'll be out by now. It's the fucking Shining. Go listen to us talk about the Shining. It's amazing. Um, Fuck yeah. You want to listen to fucking? Don't crucify most- me. I've never seen Shining. It's Ooh, fine, buddy. It's fine. Go watch the know, Shining and then and then go listen to our fucking five-hour episode about it all right don't threaten me with good time i'll do that let's fucking do it man pants down face neck and chest imdb score for this film what do you think and let, or did you look it up ricky i did not look it up actually for once do you know um, how the imdb uh works keith yeah, it's, it's, uh, i mean I, I i looked up imdb scores for this before you did oh oh yeah well, you know. i did i did i'm sorry well, then you the, can't fucking... It's criminally, criminally lower than what I feel like it should be. Oh. Not, not on IMDb, actually. IMDb is user-based, and, and, and the score that it has is actually pretty good, considering the kind of movie it is. What do For you a think horror movie, that? yeah, because they usually grade horror movies pretty harsh. Yeah, pretty yeah, low. Yeah, that's this is actually true, pretty yeah. high. It's pretty high for a horror movie. So what do you think, right? Horror horror high, sure, yeah. If it's high for a horror movie, I'm going to say... 7.3 oh okay well no not quite 6.4 okay but well, still good for a horror yeah. movie now rotten tomatoes did you look up the rotten tomato score keith yeah i did i did you did all right you're excluded from this rick what you got i know rotten tomatoes uh and you want to know critic score or audience just critics just critics fuck i'm not good at this um i'm gonna go with 40 percent. keith tell them what it is man 14 well at least the one i'm looking at right here you know how it is on the chat there's always six oh see look i'm seeing one that says 94 one says 14 whoa what is going on mine's know, showing 75 percent wow <laughs> oh there you yeah. yeah, yeah. go okay so we got some weird internet shenanigans going on between america Cana- and canadian canadian, canadian <laughs> internet. hey Cost it's because we it's because we got all the fake news this movie this movie came out with a higher rating than than i initially thought it would have this is a first time watch for me but you you mentioned earlier you just you're you're hot on this movie keith because uh we we give our guests the distinction of choosing the film whether it's whether it comes out of Mama's box or whether they decide to, uh, uh, okay, again for first time listeners and for Keith, Mama's box is a uh, contraption that we have in the nightclub <laughs> that 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 is full of movies. 
uh, each host picks six films and we put the movies in the box and then we, we draw from the box. So guests get to pick a film and if not, we randomly pick a film. What so, happens in Momo's box stays in Momo's box. You don't want to know what happens in Momo's box, cuz. Pull out game Keith, is strong though. Keith <laughs> and he pulled he, he he pulled out and he picked something else. Momo's box was not good enough. He said Hell House LLC. We said hell to the yeah. So when did you first? It was watch one this step movie? further than that. I had picked a different movie and then watched this one, and I was like, "Oh, is it too late to switch?" Because I'm so hot on this one. You guys like hit the nail on the head. I'm so hot on this one that I was like, "I begged you guys to change last minute." So any mess ups or any things that you're like, "Ah, oh, that didn't really happen." That's 100 percent on me because I made you guys switch in it. Oh no problem, but no, but no problem first- at all. You first saw this movie within the last, what, few weeks? It must have been, because we've been only talking for a month and a half, maybe? Maybe, question mark. You guys are popular. You guys are hard to get a hold of. That's, you know, uh, you know, I have my publicist reach out to you guys. You can get back to me. You know, <laughs> yeah, my I had, lawyer, my you know, lawyer I said, had to I said a bouquet of flowers to your office. You didn't pick <laughs> them up, you know. You know, I, <laughs> Anytime I took someone your card to be me. detailed. Yeah. Anytime someone mes- messages me, I turn into uh, Don Carleone and I'm like, you never come over for supper. <laughs> but on but on this, the day of my daughter's wedding, you suddenly message me. No. Well, we sent you a we sent you a box of dildos. I mean, look, the bouquet, the dildos. Come on. We're trade- that was from you. Oh, man. Oh, it's so awkward. I thought this. I thought this was from my parents. I sent them one back. I thought this was what we were doing. Now. This is oh, I got some followers to make, man. Oh, I mom, you should have. Operates. I love how yeah, Canada hey, you know, <laughs> Canada sounds like it's the best. My new, my new Pornhub fetish is going to be a uh, Canadian incest dildo porn. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, hey, everyone out there, look at That's where we know each other from. That's what we were trying to figure out who talked to who first. That's where it was. You were like, you were on the, you had, you're the Pornhub premium account and you were the one who commented (laughs) under my video and being like, nice dick, bro. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. A step bro. A step bro, this, this dildo bouquet, uh, where'd it come from, eh? Hey. (laughs) What's this? Hey, what's this dildo bouquet all about? After after every cum shot in Canadian porno, it's just sorry, you know, and then just putting their clothes back on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how every child is is conceived in Canada. Sorry, with a sorry, story that, eh? sorry, sorry. sorry eh? I'm, gonna go drink, I'm gonna drink milk out of a bag now. <laughs> Wait, what? You guys know that? Yeah, oh. our milk comes in bags. Are you fucking with us? Wait, what does you have? You have internet in front of you. You can Google Canadian bag milk. It's right there. I mean, we still have cartons, but you most people get it out of bags. Wow! Everybody at home is like furiously typing right now. They're like, "What?" Yeah, and Canadian bag milk. It's a thing. Milk comes in bags. So fucking hell! They got Canadian milk bags out there. Canadian milk <laughs> bags would be a great band name. Or a great episode name. Or a great episode name. This is, the episode, the so, name of this episode is going to be fucked. Have, people people would be like, yo, Keith sounds like a guy's name. I don't know why it's Canadian milk bags there, but it sounds like a guy. We never, we never, we never named the episodes anything appropriate. So people have to dig for what's in them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's by design. I want people to listen to it. I don't care what they think. They just need to find out. So this movie... I, I first watched it just this past fucking week because you were like, hey, 
check it out. Now, I have known about these films. There's three of them, by the way. Have you seen the other two? Three, yeah. So, you haven't watched the other two yet. I haven't seen the other two as well, but Keith, are you a fan of the trilogy? I haven't seen the other two to be candid with you, and I'm a little worried because sequels are never good as the first. They're never as good as the first. I'm not going to say never, but I will agree that it's rare. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're always all, different, at least, you know. Or, well, we, hopefully, they're different because a lot of times you get that, oh, this is same. this is good. We're going to try to do the same thing, just not as good, and that's always a bummer. Yeah. How know? many, like, Saw movies are there are, are there now that's just like, man, like, Saw 1 was so intense. Fuck yeah. yeah. The first Saw movie, and then by, like, Saw 6, is like, you have unpaid parking tickets. Prepare to pay. You know, like, it got <laughs> really lame, so. I gave up. <laughs> I like that joke. I gave up Damn. on Saw after part five or six. Yeah, it's like after that, I was like, you know what? You know, I don't know. I don't even know what's going on anymore. But I do want to rewatch them all again one day because I did see Spiral and I was not let down. So I still need to see good. Spiral. Yeah, I oh, still got to check that Chris one out. Rock might just be doing horror from here on out. I'm about it. That's I, what I, I hear, man. I hear he he's fucking awesome. I liked him in it a lot. He 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 did really well in the film. Um. So this is all our first time watch watching Hell House LLC. I don't ha- have any trivia. I-, I was late to the game on that for for because I just don't. Again, it's it's a time constraint issue at the moment. So I apologize to the audience and to uh, my buddies here on the show, but I-, I don't have any trivia. Do you guys have anything? Negative Ghost Rider. Yep. Why are you uh, apologizing? So we don't have any trivia. That's why I'm apologizing because we have no. Oh. <laughs> That's we right. Have no trivia. Uh, but but that being said, I just want to go ahead and do this shit. Uh, Keith picked this film. I watched it. Ricky watched it. First time watches all around. Let's go ahead and dive into tonight's film, Hell House, LLC. opens in the fashion that i was speaking it's 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 a found footage slash documentary type of deal going on you have journalists investigating a crime that or a a tragedy that took place at the abaddon hotel in upstate new york so this is right outside of new york city coolest hotel name ever i've got to (laughs) say hell yeah it's named after a demon which we find out later in the film and also, Abaddon, the despoiler from 40K. So, you know, it's double cool. That's for the Warhammer fans out there. Nightclub, yes. Warhammer, we're, we're trying to marry each other. I just don't <laughs> have the money to spend on miniatures. Um, so, so, Rip so the disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's premise is that a crew of haunted house attraction engineers, uh, other creatives in the horror genre, horror realm, if you will, are moving out of the city because the city aesthetic kind of sucks for a haunted house, of course. So they're going to go out into upstate New York and recreate their haunted house attraction, but for a much spookier vibe. And this is during the month of October in 2009. This is when the entire film takes place. And when the, when the film opens up, they're just they're, – they're, you, you, you have people explaining that there was a tragedy at this hotel, and you see – a, a YouTube video that was uploaded 
from some people that were there at the time of the tragedy taking place. And it's very muddled for the, for the viewer because you don't know what's going on. You can tell it's, it's chaotic. It's, it's hellacious. People are trying to make their way through this haunted attraction, this house. When they get to the basement, they cannot get in. Uh, people are trying to pour out at the same time. So they do as well. And you find out that 15 people died there that night, including the crew of the uh, of, of Hell House, w- which is what their, their company name is. This whole intro really intrigued me again, like I'm saying. Yeah. The doc the documentary slash found footage thing. I don't know why, but that it's it's very interesting. When it's Maybe done it, right, I fucking love it. It it's did probably such a I, good I, job I, with the YouTube video. Because I mean, I felt like they really captured that uninteresting personal YouTube vibe that a lot of these videos have. I mean, how many times have you stumbled across a random family picnic or whatever? And you're like, I don't care about any of this stuff going on, but that's how people actually film. So it captured a really genuine vibe of people like, I'm going to a haunted house. I'm going to film it and upload it to YouTube. Isn't this going to be great? Uh, when right. in reality, it seems really lame. And it uses this lame as in the, it's not lame in terms of like the film's lame. It's lame as in it feels authentic you know, this, this original clip of people walking in. It's mundane. Yeah. The hum, yeah. The right, hum right. of it. Yeah. It does, yeah. It does lend to it. And it's, it's, it's yeah. like you said, it's like, it's, it's, it's artfully done that they had the foresight to, to do it that way, you know? Yeah. Cause like they're filming the people standing in line waiting to get in, right. which I mean, when you watch the whole film and there's the whole buildup to opening night, you feel really attached to rewatching this, this uh skipping wildly ahead but uh you feel really attached to the this this original video that somebody took and uploaded to to youtube but that's so many of these type of videos where it's like hey you know i'm filming my sister because i care about my sister and this is an exciting thing for us but for us watching us as the audience watching a regular youtube video i don't care about your sister i don't care that you waited in line for five minutes and the video of five minutes of you in line now thank goodness that they don't force us to stand in line with them for five minutes for the video it cuts it pretty nice but it does a great job setting up this is somebody who doesn't matter and they're going to die and you're okay with that. <laughs> so, and that's the opening of the movie and it's done so artfully and skillfully. So yeah. This, the, yeah. yeah. Hats, off, hats off on a technical aspect for sure. Like I, I don't mean to be tipping my hat too soon, but yeah. Yeah. Te- technically this movie's pretty dope. So yeah. Spoiler alert. I love this film through and through from, I agree with you from the beginning the, the the humdrum nature of like you say what people upload on YouTube, but this being included documentary style with uh, police uh, uh, journalists and photographers being all interviewed, this really lends to the credibility of what I want this movie to sell me on, which is sell me that I'm watching a documentary about some true events. That YouTube video, as you said eloquently, it 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 does that. That's exactly what it does. I'm, I'm sold right away. So when we finally get the footage where uh, it's, it's the, the journalist, uh, Diane Graves, who is trying to do this story. Foxy. Uh, what's that? Foxy. I'm just going to put it out there. She's Foxy? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I got you. Um, they're, they, they are, they're interviewing all these people. 
She eventually gets to interview the only surviving member from the Hell House staff, the crew of, of that, that made the place possible, Sarah. This is when the film takes the turn that, that, that you're waiting for, that I was waiting for. Uh, she gives them all the footage that was captured from Paul, another crew member. Yeah. She says, it's all on here. Diane asks Sarah, have you watched it? She's like, no, because she was there. She doesn't need to watch the shit, man. Right. She knows what happened. <laughs> when they start the interview off, she says, how are you feeling nowadays? She, and and as Sarah says, I'm in a better place. That's a, that's a clue. That's a clue right Fuck there. Yeah. There's, there's a few little cues at the very beginning that I'm like, I didn't catch the first time, but I, I actually did a quick little rewatch today. I just kind of, you know, put it on and, you know, paid attention to for more details like that and there's a few little cues at the beginning that i'm like oh shit gonna, that's nice you're gonna you're gonna hate me later because i had a theory it was based on something else that was said but yeah. I, I was still right in the end so I'll, I'll touch on that later if i remember okay um don't worry too much about spoilers by the way uh listeners yeah uh, we're we, not ri- we a midnight <laughs> yeah a midnight ritual is spoiler for it's just spoilers so uh, if you, you jump ahead, don't worry about it. It's this movie is being. That's why I told them, if you have not seen this film, cry off. Don't listen. Like tonight ain't the night for you. Go watch it. Come back. Or if you don't care, keep on going. But Sarah gives and them all. Even all. with the spoilers, this this movie has enough tense moments that oh, it, yeah. you're going to get something from it. Yeah, it's oh. so tense. So, so tense, Sarah yeah. gives them the footage of of of. of uh, yeah, go ahead, Keith. No, I was just going to say, and it's not a jump scare movie. That's that's the one thing I was shocked at because it could have been a jump scare fest through and through. They had the ability, and yeah. there's so many jump scare movies out there that are just loud noises with that rising tension noise, and it just right. it strings what it rising was. and it stuff. Was creepy, yeah. Oh and, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, so that's not different. to say that's not to say there's not you know sudden surprising things to make your heart go oof, but they also it also does such a great job at building dread oh, yeah. and building tension. So so after she gives the footage to uh, Diane Graves, the movie officially kind of starts. So you right. get this this documentary build up, then the then the found footage really begins and. The way the crew likes to do things is they like to document this is the found footage excuse. And like I said, I, I think this is the first found footage movie we've covered on the show. Right. Every found footage film, this is this is the the this is always the uh, what's the right word for this? The um like this could be good or could be bad. What's the word right. for that? A linchpin. Like the the linchpin. Yeah, linchpin. Yeah. yeah. This could yeah. be the linchpin for the film is every found footage movie has to give you a good reason for the camera to always be on. And according to this film, it's because the leader of, of the crew, Alex, the guy that created the, the company Hell House, and it's his whole brainchild to, to have this be a thing that, that succeeds. He always wants to document every single thing about every year they do this so that they can learn from it next year study the film make their haunt even better and a haunt for anyone who doesn't know is a it's haunted house attraction it's just you go inside you get scared it's not necessarily an escape room so it doesn't 100 percent tie in to our guest tonight not necessarily but it does enough that 
you want to escape this fucking house once shit starts going down. Oh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I dig, I dig that aspect of it. And it becomes once, an escape room, doesn't it? Once the footage starts, yo, yeah, it does. The, the crew <laughs> drives upstate New York. And what you get here is what a lot of movies struggle to do, especially with found footage, is character development. This yeah. movie genuinely has good character development. And I believe that so these people true. are friends. Alex yeah. and his girlfriend, Sarah. Uh, you have Paul, who is the main cameraman throughout, throughout the film. Uh, you also have um, Tony and Mac, who are like higher-ons that, that came into the fold after the fact. And then later on, you get some actors who, who we'll talk about once they show up, uh, which include Joey, Melissa, and... And hats off to uh, the actors that played Sarah and Paul, uh, and also the writers, because I really, I feel like those two characters really stood out. No, yeah, Paul, Paul the main camera guy, he does a great job throughout the whole movie. I think, I think they all do, honestly. They all I do, yeah, they're... but they, they just, they really stick out for me. Those two characters in, spe- in particular. I know we're not. I know we're not there yet. But as you mentioned, they they hire on a couple actors, and they do. Whoever was in casting for this movie did a really good job. And I mean, I get. I know that they're limited. This isn't like Dwayne the Rock Johnson with Zac Efron and Megan Fox. I don't know if those those celebrities are dated and not really relevant <laughs> anymore. But uh, these aren't these aren't like. A-list celebrities, but they managed to cast so well, especially for the people that were adding on, Joey and Melissa. They look like, and if if uh, if Phil Hess, who played Joey, and, and Lauren Lauren Kennedy, who played Melissa, are listening, don't don't take this personally. They look like nobodies from small towns. They just look like absolute nobodies who are more than happy to make minimum wage working at a, a haunted attraction. Right. They, whoever did the casting for them was just fantastic. That's the good, that's that's a good point though because because though you want you want these people to feel real and they do they feel like just some people from town like here yeah. you go here right. they are and 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 I agree that the, the casting for this movie was really good these are all unknowns and they all did great jobs I I didn't have to me and and Ricky and I. And Angel will will all look in movies, especially when we we look at some movies that we consider for our uh, schlocky seconds. We look for that bad acting that's so bad it's great. Oh, we yes. love that kind. Of, we love that kind of shit. This Fuck movie yeah. doesn't have that. This movie just no. has really good acting. Right, that's, that's straight up. I mean that that guy that they pick up at the gas station that they're just like, hey, you want to come be in the haunt? <laughs> that guy's fucking great. Yeah, Joey, <laughs> played by Phil Hess. Yeah. That guy's yeah, really hey, great. you want to come along? He's just like, yeah. He's just I, like he, moving just, his eyeball and shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's fucking great. <laughs> pops his fucking yeah. eyeball out, man. Yeah. That's yeah. a real and that's it's, a real it's just one of those things where it's just like, yo, this guy definitely, it, he something's fucks. up with him. Something's up with him. <laughs> yeah, he fucks. He fucks <laughs> oh, for he, sure. He fucks for sure. He fucks yeah. in Hell House, cuz. The, the, so after, after the crew finally finds where they're, where they're going, they go inside, and the conceit is that they have to kind of all live here to make it run during during the season. To make ends meet, too. Yeah, they have to they have to live here to make it run, to make it to make everything work, to make the budget work, everything. So they're and, gonna. And to they, your sorry, to your earlier point, as what you were saying about like how in other movies, why is the camera always on? And that's always a point of contention for a lot of 
uh, a lot of movies. Uh, another one that's like, why do they have to be there? Why don't they just go to the hotel down the street? Is you can see just even in the props that they're putting together, they're putting this on a shoestring budget. You know, right. they're trying yeah. to maximize the profit, money. minimize cost, and yeah. So it's like if they can save ten bucks here, why not? You know, you can tell right. they're that's... drinking tap water and eating ramen noodles. You know, right. like right. they're not. That's what I was about to say. That ten bucks they save here is going to go to food and shit. You know, so it it definitely, and you definitely get that feeling from the jump when they get there. Yeah, like and and they're even like even in the set, they're set like they're sleeping on mattresses on the floor. Like they they're not investing in box springs and stuff like that. It's such a small little detail, but it's like they've got mattresses on the floor and they all got like their own individual rooms kind of thing, but they're all kind of in the same area. And it's like their office that they literally put like a, uh, a blanket over kind of thing when they get there. I, I know we're jumping ahead still, but no, this, no, no, that those are all good details. These, these small little details that, that really make me go like, wow, this, this movie was thought out, you know? Yeah. Um, that brings me back to our, if you're a creative with passion, your ideas will shine through that 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 brings me back to that like these people have passion for making their haunted house they're willing to s- literally live in the haunted house that they're creating in order to make this thing this dream achievable um and and that that brings me back to evil dead yes. my favorite my, that and texas chainsaw the originals my favorite phantasm my 1979 and phantasm 1979 bro you can all- make some fucking fire with no money i mean that's all there is to yes these are all great examples of films with interesting stories that make knowing the stories about the films make the films even better and i'm sure that this cast and crew on this shoestring budget have the same kinds of stories i regretfully did not get a chance to dive into all that due to the 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 nature of of how this had to get recorded tonight but I'm, I'm sure it's in there, man. The, I'm, the puzzle creator switching out the movie at the last minute. Yeah. Well, not, no, no, no. It's, it's not. It's not. It wasn't so. No. It, for for to be to be frank, it's not last minute. You you said this earlier. Frank. I'm Frank. Well, Frank's in Florida. You're not Frank either. <laughs> um, the the you didn't switch it up so last minute that I could not on a in a normal scenario get the kind of uh input I needed. It's just I don't have the time at the moment. But uh, yeah, watch so this it, movie and you'll get all those pieces too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're noticing those details that make it even – that's the kind of shit you notice in a film that makes the film so much more nuanced and makes it better. So the, the crew gets get, – they get there. They're all bunking up. And one night, Paul has the camera and he decides he's going to bed. While he's giving a little sort of like VH1 MTV reality show confessional to the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is when you get what I expect this to be uh, one of Ricky's nope moments. <laughs> it, it, it was the first one for sure. Okay, yeah. Because this is the first. <laughs> it's not the first thing that happens in the movie that's strange. You get like some right. walkie-talkie feedback at some point or another before this. But in this particular scene, Paul is laying in bed. And he's talking to the camera. He's being a little perverted about Alex's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, he is. And while he's going on and on rambling. Oh, it's very greasy. And while he's going on and on rambling, there's a shadowy figure that slowly walks into the room behind him, stands there for quite a while before he notices. And once he does and addresses it, they just slowly saunter out of the room 
and he goes to bed like it's no problem. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> this is, this I'd, is I'd have just I'd have slept outside from then on. Fuck it. Mosquitoes get was, me. This was my first problem with the with the the story, not the movie, but the story. I don't believe his reaction to that. I don't think a person would just be like, okay, well, fuck it, good night. I kind of feel like he would investigate that, like he does later in the movie. He does right, do it later. Right. He's like, and he even says it with those words, I'm going to investigate this. But right then and there, if someone walks into my room and walks out my first night that I'm in this new place, I'm going to go see what the fuck is going on. Like, See who it is at the very least, because he, he couldn't really tell. Now, that being said, I do like his 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 sign off where he's like sleep sweet and he just turns the camera off. So I'm going to sacrifice plot exploration for character development. His character was nonchalant. He was yeah. like, oh, OK, it's someone sleepwalking. He, they even play it off right. like he even says, hey, that. You, yeah, you sleepwalking. All right, right. whatever. So night night, I'm going to bed. I don't buy it, but I buy it enough. I buy it enough for this for this movie to keep taking me down the path it's it's taking me. So I'm still sold, but I but that was one little part right there that I was like, uh, I wouldn't do that. I'd get up and go fucking look like, hey, 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 who the fuck's walking around in here at night? Right. Who's over there, cuz? Who that is? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, in in a similar vein, though, they, is that they kind they do establish that the group of friends who are putting together this haunted house have in the past pulled pranks to scare each other. They, that's and true. Once that's again, true. that could be easily be a cop out. That, that might be a cop out, and I'm not defending this movie. There, there's there's we'll get to it. But there's <laughs> the, the I felt I felt the ending could have could have gone different ways, but. But that that's that's for a later part in the conversation. But the idea that they rely on the start when they're not all a hundred percent on board on the weirdness happening, what they they talk, they send away with they don't want to look like an idiot because in the past they've pranked each other, they've scared each other, and they're like, ah, that's just old classic, you know, Tony Prescott. He just he just always with the prank. That's old Paul O'Keefe is just always here, you know, causing these things. <laughs> uh, even Sarah gets in on the fun sometimes, you know. It, it's cheap but it's not as cheap as it could have been so i agree you know it's, he, it's, he it's valid on to get up investing it's it's, it's very valid, valid. But... i hadn't thought of that actually that didn't that didn't cross my mind um that's actually a, a very valid explanation as because yeah. when shit ramps up the accusation oh you're fucking with us no 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 y'all fucking with us like that shit yeah. just gets thrown out everywhere that's, right. well, that's <laughs> that, accusation that's what, that's what makes what keith is saying very true is that they are used to people playing pr- pranks on each other uh when they're <clears> when they're doing this shit and i do want to say bury bury your teeth defend defend the movie like like you're not gonna offend offend us oh, i'm if not worried like, about offend i'm not offending i'm not worried about offending you i i think it's a fantastic movie and i mean hey if t- two guys from the states telling me what i like and what i don't like it's not gonna change anything at the end of the day i like this movie uh and but i it's not without its flaws um and like i said i'll get, I'll get into that specifically more towards the end but i thought even even the subtle thing, I mean, they could have made them five friends from, from elementary school, but no, they had two new guys that had joined the team later on. So it didn't even, even that small detail created a rift between the group where there's the OGs and, and the new people who are going, right. are we all splitting the money five ways or 
does seniority mean anything? Or, you know, I'm the leader of the group. Do I get a little bit more money from this whole thing? Or, you know, uh, even at one point, I'm pretty sure it's Tony that they were like, you know, Tony just screwed off. And, you know, us as the audience knows that there's a little bit more than Tony just screwed off and he's not taking off. But they said, hey, do you remember what happened? I think it, I, I might be misquoting, but it's like, you remember what happened in Queens? Like Tony just left off for two days, you know, right. uh, and then came back. And so, so, I mean, once again, they, they really had thought of, of the audience interpretation and they could have made, they could have easily made a student found film uh, that, that was terrible, ran a short amount of time, and you know things just happen because spooky and there's nothing that grinds my gears more than why did this happen because spooky and there's so many (laughs) horror movies that because spooky is the explanation right but they didn't rely on that they took it from the audience perspective of okay we know this why is this and we need to have a reason and they don't explain it after it's happened they explain it before it happened we know that tony screws off sometimes he's a little bit of a screw up he might have a couple of issues kind of thing so when he disappears and everybody goes tony just screwed off we're like okay we know that's not the case right but it's plausible that they like it's plausible deniability kind of thing it's it's understandable that these characters would be like this is a pattern that repeats itself i do want to state this for anyone following along uh tony insert paul for tony that's all oh uh, sorry no 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 it's fine yeah it's yeah fine. yeah that's right that's right this paul I could get the character names mixed up too. It's my first time seeing this movie, but Paul's the guy that, that, that they were accusing of uh, he's ran off before and he's the ultimate prankster type guy. He's also the perv in the movie. His confessional was about wanting to bang Alex's girlfriend, uh, Sarah, but hope, hoping that one of the actors that shows up will be quote unquote bonable. Right. That was right. That, and, and, and sure enough, the next day when the actors all show up, He's filming from upstairs and him and this one girl make kind of a little connection and they become friendly. And I would say this is one of the points of the film where modern audiences might, if they, they might have a knee jerk reaction to his uh, type of flirting, but He's, he's aggressive for sure. But, but I've been around plenty of chicks and the, the, the chick in this movie seemed to like it too. There's chicks that like that kind of progressive uh, pursuit, uh, aggressive pursuit. So sure, sure. Uh, the the progressive pursuit would be don't do that. The aggressive right, pursuit right. would be <laughs> do that. And, it, and and you know what? It seemed to be working out in the film at least. This is from 2009, so things change real fast for whatever yeah, we reason. were. We weren't as progressive before Trump came came along. No, when Trump came along, everyone knew what, what time it was, and they <laughs> knew that, how to isn't act. Isn't that kind of fucking weird when you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> it was before him they that people were yeah, mad. I, I know it just it, it feels like it ramped Obama. up but you, i know, you know. I, I know people that are still mad i'm from louisiana <laughs> i know people that are still mad that obama was president I'm oh like, yeah y'all y'all are y'all are just <laughs> how are you still mad <laughs> what are you doing man <laughs> you mad you mad at a guy whose job this shit ain't even is anymore and there already has been another guy and now there's another guy right focused on the wrong stupid it's shit like, it's like being mad at the mayor that doesn't even live in your town anymore you know a hundred percent it's like what exactly you, stupid bro but so uh i just wanted to clarify that paul because 
Thank you for listening in on our political commentary podcast. Right. Yay. (laughs) And the politics here or the politics don't matter for us. Yeah. Fuck that. Politics is spooky. Yeah. There's some spooky, silly sometimes shit. So Paul is is trying to uh, date or fuck. Anything that moves. Essentially. The new new actress that's come aboard. And Alex is kind of just talking to her, letting her know how things are going to go. And we learn that Abaddon Hotel, where they're camping out, where they're setting up their new haunted house, actually has a hidden history of uh, nefarious origins. There was yeah, a guy. This is named, when you really first get that affirmation, too. There's a guy named Tully. I don't. Uh, I forget his first name, but his last name is Tully. He built this hotel. And I we, we 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 skipped over this, but when they first get there, they find all the satanic shit in the basement. Yeah, dope shit. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I was and like, that, it looks like it looks like the basement of Hellfit. <laughs> and the reaction to the reaction to them finding them in the basement is split because like half the people are like, oh, this is effed up. The other like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Alex. Like the, the Alex is the like, hey, he's this like, is, this is got, decoration we, got, we don't got to do made for us, right? Yeah. He's I'm not like, gonna lie. Decorating. We don't gotta do. I feel like I feel like I gotta like hire Alex as my like you know accountant and be like, no nah, man, you know, driving to work, that's a write-off, that's a business expense. Like he's just yeah. out here trying yes. to find any way yes. we can save money, you know. He's a businessman, bro. I respect him for it. He's a businessman. I, I like his first thought is like, no, we can use this. And I'm like, that's exactly, exactly what I would have thought is Hell we yeah. can totally use the kitchen, <laughs> every everything in that hotel is basically just sitting there waiting for them to slightly decorate it because everything is run down. Everything is yep. creepy. This hotel has been shut down for years. And we find out uh, that the reason being is that Tully, the guy who built it and ran it, some guests went missing back in the day and he was accused or at least questioned. And when nothing came of that, he ended up killing himself. And the film presents this with uh, police pictures from the crime scene of him hanging himself so you, you get the idea that this hotel actually does have a twisted history and alex is adamant more than adamant about keeping this from everybody else because he's yeah. trying to drive this project forward he wants this to happen so this is where i'm going to get a little fuzzy because we get some paranormal events some trippy shit some crazy scenes happening so i might jump ahead i might y'all y'all rein me in but the next thing that I remember is Paul is waking up and experiencing some fucked up shit going on, like clowns. He, he's walking through the house, through the haunted house. They've set up most of it. It's mostly uh, decorated, and it looks great. And yeah. he, he passes up uh, Mac on the couch, walks, right. walks down the hall, goes to the basement, and there's uh, Joey in his clown makeup. But it turns out when he walks back that he wasn't in his clown makeup. He's right there talking to Mac on the couch. Right. And this was the big fucking note for me because he saw that mannequin turn and look at him after talking about, oh, yeah, these mannequin heads don't turn and all that shit. That's later. Well, they talk about how they don't turn beforehand, though. They 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 bring it up briefly, but it, it's it's not as big of a point as it is later. But Okay. The head turns and looks at him because it's facing the the, the basement the basement, the, the basement stairs. stairs. It's like facing him, and when he looks away at something else, and he looks back, it's looking at him, and he's like, 
okay, weirdo, because he figures someone's fucking with him. And then he goes up back up. Well, it's uh, it's 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 because he thinks it's Joey. That's the right. That's why in this scene he freaks out when he says, "What are you doing here? You were just right. over there." Exactly. Paul starts losing his fucking mind. And and Paul does what I would not have done. Paul goes runs back to the fucking basement to investigate. I would see. I would Padna? have done. Padna? I would have done just that. Listen, I, I just want to tell both of you guys. In that situation, I have no more humanity. <laughs> whatever, whoever, or whatever is in my way of that door and me escaping is a is a fucking casualty, partner. I cannot it, deal with that concept. Is it because so I'm, I'm getting I'm getting pushed into a pile of books where you get out? Yeah. That's exactly. Not, like, I'm not visiting any haunted houses with you. That's for sure, dude. <laughs> hell no, bro. I would find a ditch to sleep in. Partner, yeah. I would not be in there. Fuck that. Is this because it's clowns, or is it because of the actual event of the, the, think- the, the just exactly how it unfolded? It, it's not the clown. It, it's just the fact that oh, there's something in here that's not supposed to be in here, and that means I'm not supposed to be in here. So I'm the fuck out. <laughs> and and this type of scene where props are being pushed, moved, or turned, or whatever. Two particular things from this I found stood out to me in terms of really impressive. Number one, they go test the props. They touch the props to to, to prove that they're fake. And right. it, they they are fake. And so we're, it's, we're, we're, it's we're, not... We're, bl- we're, blending, we're blending different scenes together, I promise y'all. Right, yes. Um, but but the, the idea of, 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 of props moving or being in different places kind of is, is a running theme through... The, the majority middle part of, of the of the movie, which is we're, we're kind of where we're at. The other thing that it does really, really brilliantly is that as we scan areas, and, and there's a, a scene, I think, around the part we're talking about, where uh, one of the characters, I can't remember who for the life of me, is playing the piano, and he's sitting next to a prop, and us as moviegoers just know that given the context of everything, that maybe it's alive, maybe it's doing, but it's not. It's just a scene of him playing the piano and there's a prop next to him. But we're right. constantly, as the audience, scanning and looking for something that's going to move or twist or be alive or animated and, and either jump at us or do something that we're not expecting. And that's, I think, where the movie really got its creep factor. And it's not in what you see, it's what you don't see. And it's also what you're expecting to see so you're constantly on this like high level of edge because yes, which one of these 12 mannequins in this room is going to move and when exactly fucking overload of dread. Like, like I, when I told, when I told Travis, I saw it, I watched it. I was just like, dude, this movie has too much nope for me. <laughs> Way too much. Nope. <laughs> when it, when, I agree with, with what uh, you just said, Keith, like this, it, it succeeds on that level. And again, I, I only pointed out we're blending scenes because later they do the, 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 the testing. Yeah. yeah the he, testing he, he happens a little bit later head. that, and, and also even in a scene a little bit later when the heads actually do well, or is that the, the heads turn scene? again? Yeah. That's a different scene. So by that point, you're right. You're, you're, you're being trained. And when a movie succeeds, when it, when a filmmaker can succeed at training the audience, on how to watch the movie they're watching i.e hereditary 
Yes. Great, Ari Aster, great example of that. Perfect example of that. Uh, listeners have heard me say that before. Ari Aster trains you to look at every corner of the screen. This movie trains you to watch the mannequins, watch right. the puppets, because they might not just be puppets. Yeah. And so Paul Paul does discover that there are some shenanigans going on, but fuck it, they gotta make a commercial. So they try to make a <laughs> they try to make a commercial for the, for their their uh, haunted house attraction, and it's silly and it's fun. It's a fun moment. Hell yeah! But but they notice Sarah is off in the distance, uh, talking to a statue of Mother Mary. And then when they call her attention, she snaps out of her conversation and walks away. Yeah, that's odd. Fuck yes, it is. Uh, again, this is where I could get some things out of order because um, there's some other spooky happenings, and that's the other scenes that we were kind of alluding to. Um, Alex is not being sold on any of this as people describe it to him, by the way. He is just trying to push forward, push forward, push forward, motivate everybody, <clears throat> get everyone on the same page. We have to make this happen. And night after night, it seems like Paul is stumbling into one freaky situation after another. Uh, after he sees the fake joey another night he's woken up walks to the basement and sees the clown standing downstairs now who is it in this scene is it mac or tony that accompanies him downstairs Checks i don't on remember the which one it is it like tony mac. no okay i'm not we're gonna sure call him, I... we're gonna call him mac for the purposes of this review mac accompanies him and checks out the mannequin it's a mannequin it's fake it's it's plastic right. it's he fun. pats it on the head he's like it's a mannequin dipshit <laughs> There's no problem here. Then they hear some weird whispering sounds. It's Sarah again. And, and the she... way it the way you catch it is so ugh. Yeah, the 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 the, the uh, sound design of the film really it works really well here because you're you're watching this scene play out, then you hear this mumbling, and then the characters finally acknowledge it. So you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm not crazy. That wasn't just me being spooked out. It's actually happening. Oh, yeah. oh. It's so simple the way they did it, but oh my goodness. What, hereditary? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, I was yeah, doing yeah. that in my cat. I was <laughs> that no, oh. but that 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 that's that that's an example of a jump scare that is uh prepared earned. And, yeah. and earned and, and masterfully done. Masterfully done. Yeah. This is we, we already uh reviewed that movie. Headless Grandma, go check out that episode. Hell yeah. Um so Headless Grandma's the best character in anything ever. I'm going to start to agree with you now. Yes, she is because (laughs) (laughs) nightclub inside jokes. So they find Sarah down there with them, mumbling to herself, speaking some kind of weird backwards language. They snap her out of her hallucination or whatever she's going through. And she starts sobbing and weeping and they're trying to get the fuck out of there. Well, in the meantime, the mannequin of the clown has moved. It's gone. It's not where it was. It's, it's too much, man. It's too fucking much. <laughs> this this leads to a scene of infighting, like the characters, Alex especially, and Paul start to really have it out. Is it Paul or is it Mac? It's, it's, it's one of them. It's Paul, Paul is really, because everything is happening to Paul. Or most of the things are happening to Paul first. Yeah, but one of them gets really, really mad and storms off and has to be convinced to come back because of something that in the theatrical cut we never find out about that's right um something's wrong with alex yeah 
we don't we're not yeah, told like what it is domestic stuff yeah they're like well, he's like i i gathered that alex was dying because oh, the way there's the way that the, the way the characters talk to each other in a candid scene that was definitely shut up to be perfect this i, I do want to say too by the way there's another scene in the film where paul wakes up in his bedroom and there's a, a woman sitting against the the wall yeah fuck and that. <laughs> and it play, it plays out like a pook, uh, peekaboo game where he he's hiding under the covers. He looks, she's closer. He he covers up again. He looks, she's closer, and she's freaky looking as fuck. That's one of the scenes where, for a found footage movie, I'm like, no, you wouldn't have the camera. You wouldn't be doing this, right? Yeah. But no, I but, agree. But if you sell me early, and I'm an easy sell, man, when it comes right. to found footage. If you sell me early enough on the fact that the camera has to be on, from that point on, I view whoever has the camera, that's their personal point of view. And otherwise, where's the story? It's not going to happen exactly. if you don't have it. So you have to give in to the conceit. And People you... are a little unfair on found footage. And it's because they want the realism. But, you know, no matter what, you're watching a horror movie and there needs to be some suspension of disbelief. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the yes. bottom line. You know, I agree. It's it's still it's still a story, and that's all there is to it. But I want to say Alex is kind of a gaslighting motherfucker too, bro. <laughs> yeah. That, that being said, though, when I was quickly looking up like Hell House stuff, uh, stuff just to to make sure I covered some of my bases to like refresh memory on 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 films and stuff like that, I think the third or fourth down is a question: is like, is Hell House LLC real? You know, and I mean, obviously not. But like, if that's in the top ten searches on on yeah. Google, then <laughs> you know, like this worked on people. Oh, and, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I don't think I, I know it's not a real movie. I can look up the, the actors and stuff like that. But I mean, it, it did a good job selling the reality of it. Well, look at how long look look at how many people back in the day thought the first Texas Chainsaw was was you know like a documentary somehow like like there were people that were like oh this this is real like this this really happened it's like whoa <laughs> yep and the same thing with blair witch i mean oh yeah. and blair witch was was done fucking masterfully you want to talk that, about in that manner you want to talk about like promoting marketing film? pr yeah. yeah yeah that movie bar none is the first of its kind uh to utilize not only the basis of a true story, but the internet at the same time and have a uh, feet on the ground campaign for this kind of movie. Horror, and I wanted to say that earlier, horror is the only genre that has this kind of fan base. Science yeah. fiction science fiction and fantasy sure. definitely, definitely has a strong fan base. You know what? On the same level. I'd say it's on the same level. But, but, but action movies, romance movies, comedies, some comedies, maybe like The Big Lebowski, might have a cult following or something like that. But there's um, no genre. Aqua Teen no- Hunger Force had some pretty intense uh, on the ground uh, campaigning and stuff. But yeah, you, the, point, the point still stands. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they <laughs> they had a what? A bomb squad. They had the bomb them. squad. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. When they were promoting the film, yeah, yeah. yeah but painting the Moonanites everywhere. <laughs> now, they, now they, to be. To be fair, though, you were saying about like romance films and stuff like that. I think the big thing is community and you have 
you know, conventions for people who like sci-fi and, you know, fantasy and stuff like that. And you have conventions for people who like horror. I don't know if you can really fly a romance convention because I feel like after day one, everybody's fallen in love with the first five people they saw. And then like, there's nobody there for day two, you know, like you, you go there looking for love and it turns into gonna... eyes wide shut. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> you know, day, day one is romantic comedy, you know, convention. Day two is like, a furry convention sans furry outfits you know it's just a straight up orgy you know like everyone's taking shits in litter boxes and fucking each other through their furry what's, mouths what's the password orgy <laughs> for, Guys, for all I the sunny in philadelphia fans. i think we i think we discovered a, a a new calling you know let's quit the podcast i'm gonna quit my escape room stuff we're just gonna start a romantic comedy convention and <laughs> day day two is just gonna be orgies and day three is gonna be sdi clinics all right <laughs> middle middle of the review random question what is off the top of your head don't even think about it don't even think about it what's your favorite i'm gonna go first what's your favorite romantic movie romantic comedy romantic movie mine mine is as good as it gets with jack nicholson and helen hunt really yep that's a i would you could have given me 20 guesses i didn't think that was anybody's favorite i love that movie so much good movie not great movie it's a good movie Mm, mm. hell 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 i say get off you know what? That, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to say mine and you can talk shit about my movie. That's fine. My favorite romantic comedy movie, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. I, I saw that. Need. I saw that one time. One time. I, I don't remember it that well, to be honest with you. I know it's starring it's, uh, Michael Sarah, but I, I, don't, yeah. I don't remember the movie and that Kat well. And Kat Denning, which, I mean, Kat Denning, if you're listening, I will... I'll push my mom into some like dirty mud just to get to you. <laughs> he will lose his humanity for you. <laughs> I will lose, yeah. I do know my left there, arm. There is a modest mouse song in that movie. Little Motel is in that movie. It's an amazing. Song. Yeah, they had a lot. It was like it was a music based thing too. I mean, I mean, okay, let's not get into a whole new review or anything like that. But like, it was a good movie. It was a good movie, and it was sweet, and it was you know it, it didn't pull any punches. I thought it was a good movie. I'm sorry, but I'm. I'm completely drawing a blank, so I'm gonna say Twilight New Moon, and we're gonna just move oh. on. Oh, <laughs> I can't right. move on from that. We're just. <laughs> I'm not gonna address it on the show. I'm, I might edit this out. Edit it, um, yeah, maybe edit it. I don't know. Um, shit, man, I can't think of anything. Like I'm just drawing a blank. No, no, I'm. Let's I'm, go with Braveheart. There's some romance in Braveheart. We'll go with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm editing all of this out. None of this will be in the episode. <laughs> so say whatever you want now and then forever hold your peace. No, I'm, I think I'm, I'm kidding. I think I'm good. <laughs> this is all staying in. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> so so you, you get the scene where Paul has to fucking is, – is it, is it Paul at this point that goes down with Mac or Tony or whoever and they're exploring the basement and that's when you get the mannequins that all turn their heads? See, I'm losing yes. track of some yeah. of the moments. The movie, the movie is basically all like, like, like Keith said, all the buildup to the opening night that the beginning presented. So you get the beginning, the mystery, how did this happen? What happened? Then you get the buildup, the exposition. It, right. it, it, it's a good structure for this type of film, and it, and it does Absolutely. build it really well. This is the one where they end up in that um, 
not the the furnace. It's like the furnace, right? They end up in like the furnace room or whatever. Well, it's da- it's it's down in the basement. All the mannequins turn their head. Yeah, yeah. It's down there, and and people don't want to go down there. Like even the photographer at the beginning of the movie, that's like, yeah, I snuck in and took pictures. And he was he like, took, oh, I ain't no way. <laughs> he took yeah. pictures of the basement, and you see like hand, like bloody handprints on the stairs and the walls that were like right. dragged back in. And he was like, yeah, like Ricky said, like, nope, I'm not going down in there. And he's supposed to be like a seasoned journalist who has seen crazy shit. And he got spooked. He's like, fuck that shit. So the scene where Paul goes down there and he's got one of his buddies with him. They see the mannequins, whatever. I think the woman, the, the, the woman. No, yeah, it's not Paul. It's not Paul because it's it's the 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 woman laying uh, uh, sitting against Paul's wall at night in his bedroom. You get spooked by that. That's right. He disappears and everyone disappears. Starts talking mad yeah. shit about. That's Paul. when they start talking like, yeah. "Oh yeah, but he fucked off back in such and such." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they go looking for something because they hear noises and they go downstairs. They're looking for Paul. They think Paul's fucking with them. They think he's moving around mannequins. Right and everybody's upset everyone's pissed off everyone's scared they bring all of this shit to alex's attention who even he has to acknowledge at this point like yeah something's kind of fucking weird that's when they have their big infight and the one guy whether it's mac or tony i don't remember walks off he's like i quit and that's when you get the subtle exposition that something's wrong with alex and I gathered from that that he had, I, I would say, a disease, cancer, and that he's trying to push forward and make this thing happen because it's all he has that motivates him. Because yeah. in, in a scene after that, you see him, and he's very despondent. He's very sickly in a way. But the, the theatrical cut does not address this. I'd be interested if the, like, to see if the director's cut does because I know it, 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 it actually, for a fact, addresses a few things and has a few extra scenes that kind of fill the story out in a way that i prefer uh i w- i kind of wish i would have seen the director's cut of the film for tonight but uh but i haven't but i've seen some of the pieces that might be in there so i don't know what alex's situation is we're we're led to believe it's dire or something's wrong and his fr- a few of his friends know about it the rest don't including his girlfriend what do you guys think? Do you think he has cancer or do you, someone else said something about domestic abuse? I don't know. I don't, I don't get that vibe from him and his girlfriend. She seems really in love with him. No, no, I didn't, I didn't mean like domestic abuse. I meant like domestic, because that's what I was brought up earlier. It's like, it was like a domestic like squabble. Like, you know, it seems like right. the, the relationships fraying, you know, uh, mm. at its ends. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I don't remember specifics about what was going on with him. But yeah, you can tell you can tell there's a general sense and it builds up to this like let's just get it fucking done. Like let's just get this hunt out and and it and it this is also happening as we get closer and closer to this opening date which we as an audience know is not going to go well. Right. Um it, it just does this like you know what at this point, honestly, I don't care if Casper the Friendly goes and sitting over my shoulder. Let's just get this done, you know. And it's kind of you got that sense, <laughs> and and that's where we're starting to see the ramp up of the movie. After after the tapes all in, um, we get to a point where the interviewer Diane has to ask Sarah, like, you know, do you need a break? This, that, and the other. 
and she's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go hang out in room 2C. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want to contact me, I'll be there. Yeah. So, uh, I, did I jump ahead or did we, do we, do we No, see... it did. I, it took that, it took that moment because I remember watching it being like, oh yeah, this is not like happening in real time. This is like a police interview or like not a police, but, um, a journalist interview that's happening right. after the fact that's, you know, like it plays with the timing of it. So no, I think you're right. The movie does do a good job while you're watching it of fucking with, with the timing. Uh, we're making it a little bit more. Um, we're, we're going a little more stream of conscious with it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, it's not. Yeah. So the movie does a better job of painting the picture, but so basically, uh, Sarah is tired of talking about all of this. She gave him the footage. She rolls out. But when she rolls out, she kind of eggs on the journalist, Diane Graves, like, why don't you go to the house? Why don't you see what's going on in there? She, right. And Di- Diane, the journalist, is like, well, it's all boarded up. And she's like, is that all that's stopping you? So you, you know line. right there. Hell yeah. yeah. And you know right there as an audience, okay, well, the movie's about to go there. The, the, we're going to see the end result of what happened that night, but then the ending is going to be the journalist going there. So for the night to end, everyone has GoPros. There's cameras set up all around the house except the basement. The whole reason Joey was hired on as an actor was so he could be in the clown suit in the basement as a prop, but only to make sure that everything down there went okay with Melissa, who was down who there. Who would be in, tied up, right, and vulnerable. Yes, so they figured that part out. So uh, Alex and Tony or Mac, I, I get those two confused, are watching from a, a strategic vantage point where they can see everything going on with all the various cameras set up throughout this house, this hotel. And they're crappy walkies. <laughs> and, and, and it's opening night, so people are there. Paul, he's under the weather. They found Paul in the basement earlier in the film after all the spooky shit. They found Paul catatonic. Pretty much, he's he's awake, but he's he's not non-responsive, completely non-responsive. So he's in his bed for opening night. Opening night starts. There's a crowd. They're coming in. Everything's going as planned until everything doesn't go as planned. This is where the movie gets, for me, kind of convoluted. You start seeing. I get how they set it up. It's like you see one scene, then you see from another point of view what happened a few minutes before then from another point of view what happened a few minutes before that that lets you see everything in uh sequence so you right. see people running out of the out of the sarah's running up the stairs then you see joey running out of the building then you see from the point of view of whoever's in the basement that there's this shadowy figure in there who's actually popped up a few times in the movie uh, a la the guy that walked into Paul's room earlier while he was right. doing his confession. He also was in random corners of different scenes that kind of flash by, but I noticed him. Yeah, that strobe was it? Was he in that that fucked up strobe scene too? No, the clown. The clown guy was in there. The 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 mimic of Joey was was the clown was the extra body in that room, as far as I could tell. Okay. Um, that's another scene we didn't even mention, but yeah, there's a strobe scene. Whole bunch of nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I so mean, he, and that that scene's been been like, I mean, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's that it's played to death. It's the the light goes on, and then the thing is closer. The light goes off. The light goes on. Right. The light goes on. Like you know, and, and that's been why it's like a Doctor Who thing with the angels and stuff like. And like tons of people have done that. So right, right. I mean, you can picture how it goes. 
but oh so tense so tense with the strobe light that, yeah. and well that well that scene and the scene later with the peekaboo the peekaboo yeah. uh under the covers thing two scenes i have contention with but were they effective yeah yes yeah Yes, yeah. they were. Yeah. They were effective. Suspend your disbelief. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, and, and I, and I struggled to do that, but also gave in eventually to this movie at, at different points. So I'm going to say that struggled, but gave in because yeah. the movie was crafted really fucking well. We, we get to see everything that's playing out in the basement. This hooded figure that you've seen before is suddenly there and Melissa is screaming and crying. This is not part of the act. Joey hauls ass out of there. Oh yeah, he he gets out of there quick, real quick. Like, damn, dude, you were hired <laughs> right. for this specific reason, and <laughs> you totally abandoned posts. Like, <laughs> fucking traitor. Yeah, um, they, they 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 basically just put me in that clown suit, and I, and <laughs> and I just lost all my humanity. Like, nope, I'm a train rolling through the rest of these people now. <laughs> Yeah, and Sarah's the one who's down there tied up, and she's like doing that classic, like this is not part of the show kind of thing, and she's like screaming and freaking out. Yeah, and people are and people are confused. You know, they're they're like, oh, this is totally part of the show. You know, Melissa's tied up. Sarah, Sarah's right. Sarah's running around. right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah runs runs upstairs. Everyone's trying to figure this out slowly but surely. Every crew member gets trapped, including some of the. the the customers that that are there to be spooked yep. gets trapped in this haunted house and <clears throat> eventually eventually you get to an end game uh, a, a stopping point in the footage where people are falling down something's not adding up um alex is in the basement trying to hang himself he's in the attic the, in yeah. the, uh, yes i'm sorry alex yeah. is in the attic sarah finds him trying to hang himself which is that- a reference to the uh the owner of the abdomen yeah earlier who yes. who hung himself yeah yeah and you got the, you get the haunt- and the way those shadow guys pop up dude it's 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 oof <laughs> now, this is the part that i was mentioning earlier about my parts of contention with this is that i felt like who the hell are these people and i just i, I wanted one more answer and you didn't need much you you just need to find one of them to find a book somewhere to be like oh this is the secret order that has been coming here for years and their souls are trapped in it. Like you right. didn't need much of an explanation. I just felt like, wait, who are these people? And that, that this is, this is my only letdown from it is that I wish I had more answers about who they were because they were creepy. It was great. I just feel like, Oh, we got to wrap it up and we got to pin it on somebody because the rest of this movie makes sense. We just need the why spooky. So, I well, I took it as like those are probably so totally cultists, built the host- you know, yeah, yeah, dead cultists so, is what, t- what I was thinking of. So, but are totally- they are they real? Are they real humans? Because, like, it's fine if we want to do there's been people who've been living in the basement the entire time and they're part of this cult or they have a secret entrance on the way in show us that great sure. no, I, I'm no, I think they're supernatural me. yeah i think yeah. they're supernatural yeah. no, they, no, no they, I, I agree i think they were supernatural but you know you could have been they could have been real or they could have not or we could have had them supernatural but we need a source of them and that was never really answered. And no, no, it's it's not it's not definitively stated, but they do dive into a little bit of the history where Tully built this hotel. He had nefarious means. They found all that satanic shit in the basement. This guy's opening a portal to hell. That's what he's trying to do. 
The director's cut kind of fleshes this out a little bit more, including the scene where the camera falls down in the basement and okay. you see the you see the portal explode open and flames come out. Yeah. So you get a little bit more in the director's cut of what the actual story is. But True. that's fine. But it's fine with the theatrical because you are left with a little bit of wondering and what's going on. And at, towards the end, Sarah is the only one left with Alex, who is upstairs trying to kill himself. The cultists are there. The camera falls to the floor. She cuts back to the interview. She's done. She's tired. She's going back to room two C. Yeah. It's like, well, what happened between you getting out and being in the attic? And she's like, nothing. Sarah says nothing happened. Okay. Hard to believe in a house full of crazy haunts, but whatever. So she eggs on the journalist, like, go check out the house for yourself. Her and her teammates uh, agree to do it. And as they exit the hotel, they ask about room 2C and to let the girl in there know that, hey, I'm going to do this. Well, the people running the hotel are like, there is no room 2C in our hotel. Our, right. our rooms don't have, don't have letters. I thought this was a nice touch. Hell yeah. This, and then this, and then they're like, well, what room is Sarah Havel staying in? And then she looks and, you know, tic-tac, tic-tac, she's looking. And she's like, we don't have a Sarah Havel. And the, the guy's, like, losing his patience a little. He's like, all right, she's probably under a different name. So they they fuck off and go to the Abaddon Hotel. They they break in to, to yeah. this crime scene, <laughs> by the way. Right. They, they, you get to see all the aftermath. um, the blood blood stains everywhere like how you've been seeing throughout the film so they're finally exploring it all and they refuse to go the the camera guy refuses to go in the basement and one of their cohorts on their team stays behind to Keep catalog catalog footage yeah. so he ends up seeing something in the footage that we are shown as an audience right the, the footage picks up with uh Sarah picking up Alex's camera or, or uh, rather, a camera that was upstairs, going downstairs, finding Paul, throwing the camera down and trying to embrace him because everything's fucked up and she wants a familiar face that cares about her. Well, Paul picks the camera up and beats her to death with it before she's dragged away by a growling demonic sound. Right. The movie cuts back to us in the Abaddon, Abaddon Hotel, room C2C. Diane Graves and her cameraman go inside and sitting there in that room on a bed is a ghastly version of Sarah who is yes. clearly dead. And, and the door that they open to get in there is locked from the fucking outside, man. They have to unlock it from the outside to get in there. And That's she's just in there that I did not notice. She's just fucking in there sitting on the bed, looking out the window. And it makes it even creepier for me because it's broad daylight. Yes, so, like, people outside. walking by during the day could just be looking at this chick just, you know, creeping on them. It's so fucked up. It's so creepy. Anyway. They, they get attacked by the same hooded figure from earlier in the film that's been throughout the film. Yep. And this is, this is, I, I do want to point them. out. Two of them. I yeah, do want to point two out, them, too. Go ahead. Earlier in this scene when they're exploring the hotel, the journalist and, and the cameraman she gets the phone call from her editor that's he's trying to warn her hey the girl we were talking to earlier yeah she, she's dead right and they ignore the call they fucking ignore the call and they get fucking killed and yeah. they get drugged to hell 
and this is how this movie fucking ends. This is how part one of this trilogy, this is a trilogy, so the story continues. And this and is how on, part one ends. And on my second watch, I just picked up on so many little things that just really increased, you know, my appreciation to the attention to detail. Um, the fact that the door latch locks on the outside of the door, you know, so she had to go in there and someone had to lock her in there after. The fact that when they're waiting for Sarah to show up, they're like, they're like, oh, so how do you know she's not fucking dead? And she's like, or maybe she's 10 minutes away, you know, and just little, <laughs> little things that I'm just like, I see, I see what you're doing, movie, and I, I, I kind of love it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the final things that you do see, though, after, after Sarah is dragged away is Paul, who was helping this entity capture her, her, her body. He slits his own throat. With this a piece is of where, glass, yeah. This is where my prediction had came from at the beginning of the film. They they state that one of the crew members was found with their throat slashed and the wound appeared self-inflicted. Yeah. Whenever Sarah was being interviewed and she said, I'm in a better place now, I connected in my head, she's the person who kills herself later, and this is a ghost. Now that's not how the movie turns out, but it's very fucking close. So yeah. I was on the right path. I just kind of didn't – I didn't know, and I didn't right. connect the right dots because you can't until the end really. But I was on track. I, I, I mean it, it could have went that way just as easily, but it didn't. I, you know, I, di- I did think though that I'm like they're interviewing a fucking ghost right now. Man. I this didn't – dude, that, that one caught me off guard, bro, and I was, I was like, fuck yeah, this is, all, this is the, awesome. The, the thought only entered my mind when she said, I'm in a better place now. Yeah. And I was like, you're dead. You're I glossed dead. over that creepy. line, bro. I was like, this is super creepy. This bitch is dead. Yeah. She's talking to him. Fuck. Yeah, I glossed over that line somehow. I missed that one because it caught me completely off guard. When they said, we don't have a 2C, that's when it clicked. I was like, this, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I, I had no idea, but... Yeah, I personally thought the ending felt personally a little bit rushed, so I uh, I wasn't as blown away with it. I was like, ah, okay, she's dead. All right, cool. But I think I think my hangup still is in who the hell are these cultists and where they come from. So I'm, I don't think I'll get over that anytime soon. I'm no stranger to ambiguity, probably to a fault. I tend to accept it. Uh, Phantasm is one of my favorite movies of all time, and so I'm kind of just used to never knowing shit <laughs> so i don't know fan so yeah i, I think phantasm may have kind of trained me to a fault to just not expect any answers ever uh just more questions <laughs> when it comes to the end of this movie i don't mind ambiguity either i i am a fan of it actually depending on how it's played out right right there's obviously caveats you know to all all scenarios but especially with ambiguity if this was a standalone film, I'd be fine with it for what it is, but I'm not going to lie when I say I'd like to watch the director's cut, and I'm very interested to see where the sequels go to explain right. further the lore of the hotel and the real story that's going on there. But as a standalone film, I will say, and this is where we can get into our ratings, however you rate a movie, on the nightclub, it's normally a a a... 10 out of 10 scale uh, with half points, but it can be whatever you want. 
Yeah, I've um, gone, I've gone, I've gone uh, on the millimeter scale. I've used the U.S. standard, so I might give something a six and three eighths just for the fuck of it. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie has a great buildup. It has great character development, great characters, good chemistry, uh, great sound design, some spooky scenes for sure, but also scenes that I still sit there and no matter what I, no matter how much I give myself to the film for the overall narrative and the overall story, I still look at certain scenes and be like, you wouldn't have your camera right there. Right. Fuck out, Al- fuck Alex wanting to record every single thing that right. happens, the, but the, without the peekaboo scene, especially especially but without that you, know, you don't but you don't to, get a good scene but you to me if scene. the camera would have failed just the right way so and i know this is you know i'm throwing bones out now but if the camera would have failed just the right way and you could have seen the both of them in one shot and how or, that peekaboo scene went that could have been equally effective as well in my opinion um, or the or the upskirt shot either way could have been good very true <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and give this movie an honest, this is honest now. I'm going to give this movie a solid 6.5 out of 10. It's a solid movie. It's there, there, There's no real problems other than my own picadillos. Um, I don't, I want to see the sequels. So that's why it's, it, this is above average. I don't, I don't really feel myself loving this movie a little bit. Like not even a little, like, like a little love. No, it's not, there's no the only little amount of love and the only reason this could go from a 6.5 to a 7 for me by the end of our discussion is because of everything we talked about tonight. Right. Creatives making something that's unique and fun and amazing. That could elevate this movie to a 7 for me only based on the context of I get that as, a, as, as someone who wants to make something. Looking at the film by itself, I would give it a solid six and a half out of ten. It's worth your time. If if you're into found footage, I think you're really gonna have a great time because I love this documentary found footage style. I think that's that's a really fun style to play with. And Absolutely. again, the taking of Deborah Logan is another great example of this exact style. I would give that movie a little bit more of an edge for me, but it's only because some of the subject matter was very sad and close to home but this movie has again good good tension uh i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna steal all the all the praise I, I think i think you and ricky are gonna probably come in higher than me i enjoyed it a lot though um and i again like i said i want to see the sequel so the first film has intrigued me enough that i want to make sure that i finish hell house one two and three i want to see everything this this series has to offer the characters are the best part I think they're they're really good. Performances are really good. It, they, I cared about the characters, and it sucks that like like Keith said that the ending is it's rushed and it's muddled. I, I don't I don't the ending the movie picks up such good steam and then it loses the steam for me. I felt That's like true. the ending yeah. was, was was just kind of thrown in there, or thrown together, and I didn't I didn't have a climax to the story that I'm watching, but maybe. The climax comes later in the sequels. Oh, I came and I climaxed. The the director has said uh, that this movie was never intended to be standalone. He always intended it to be a trilogy. So that gives me hope. Nice. So my two cents about that is that I 
I remember I didn't just stumble across Hell House LLC. It was recommended by like two or three different, I mean, people between like a personal friend of mine, a TikTok video that I saw and like a top 10 video of like uh, found footage thing. So it come recommended, but nobody had mentioned Hell House two or three. I just when looking or digging around. I saw two and three. So I'm a little leery about, you know, my excitement for two or three. I just don't want it to be a letdown. I, I said it was I, right from the start. I've been really, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I, I was, <laughs> I'm going to save my point for when it's my yeah. turn. It's not important. So, I mean, I said right from the start, I really enjoy this, this, this movie. So, and I mean, you brought up some really great points about, yeah, it's the endings muddled and stuff like that. My personal point system for this is going to be eight, 8.5 because I was watching this and my fist balled up and I could feel my nails pressing into the inside of my palm. I was that tense. And I haven't, it's been a long time since I've had a movie do that to me. And I just think you take something like this and you compare it to the taking of Deborah, taking of Deborah. Oh, I'm forgetting. How Logan. There. Logan. Thank you. Taking of Deborah Logan. The budgets are astronomically different you know the the money that was able to be put into one versus the other this is a small independent film at the end of the day this is the budget wasn't you know in the hundreds of millions of dollars so to do what they did with the budget they had the actors they had you know the the locations they had and everything I'm wildly impressed am I you know giving them some extra points because of them being a smaller budget or smaller indie film maybe possibly um but and there's nothing there's to... nothing wrong with that yeah no, I'm not just, at all. i mean show me what you've got with a small budget and you know i will you know I, I'll, I'll tell you how i feel so i for me personally it's 8.5 i think this this would be much better um with the different ending uh but given the budget given the the actors and given how i didn't jump because of that you know as we talked about earlier like the high strings and the the build-up and then the you know the fake jump scare where it's the friend going hey oh sorry i didn't mean to scare you what are you doing here or a random cat (laughs) or a random cat yeah all the classic (laughs) bird flying into the window like we can go on for 10 minutes explaining all the dumb cliches of jump scares it had none of those and for me to be that horrified of something that didn't have those jump scares. This is this is well deserving at 8.5. Nice, nice. So um I guess I'll go. On my first watch, I'm just gonna cut right to it. I landed on a seven on my first watch. I was impressed enough by the acting, the way the story develops, the pacing, the technical aspects. I mean, like I I was kind of so blown away that I actually didn't catch a lot of the things that you guys um brought up in a negative aspect i caught i caught it you know on the second watch some of it and some of it i you know learned about since we started talking but that being said on my second watch i went up to a 7.5 because i just started picking up on so many more fine details that really creeped me the fuck out and honestly after talking with you guys about it and really coming to appreciate the indie aspect of it i feel comfortable bringing it up to an eight damn wow Wow. Um, nice for me ratings are kind of fluid you know they they ebb and flow they change 
as I get older, some things go down, some things go up, you know, like I said, ups and downs, you know, it, it happens to lots of guys. And, uh, <laughs> it's, sorry, it's a bad dad joke moment. As for you, boss tuna. Yeah. But so yeah, I, I'm comfortable landing on an eight. I started off with a little love and now I've, uh, I've got a lot of love for it. After our discussions, what we've talked about, the problems that for whatever reason, and uh, and I'm not, I can't always say this, but I have a lot of suspension of disbelief with this movie in particular. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes I get hung up on things and it, and it just happens. For me, the merits, I guess, are just completely outshining those little things. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm landing. Uh, speaking of a lot of love i want to show a lot of love to you guys the same way with you ricky i mean talking to you guys brought this whole like this whole experience from like a we'll start her low at a you know an 8.5 all the way to an 11 out of 10 for me so i really you know you guys we're a schlocky seconds yeah dude that's how we rate a schlocky masterpiece it's 11 out of 10 man that's i love that shit yes Dude, no, yeah, th- this, I, 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 I want to I echo Ricky on the fact that, like, yeah, when it comes to the passion and the, this, this, this movie was and, made with love, man, and that, was that made, always counts for love. so much, you know? Yeah. Because you can why, tell when motherfuckers are phoning it in, you know? Yeah. That's why I said it could slide from a 6.5 to a 7 easy based on this conversation, and I, I think it could. I think it should, probably. Um I'll say 6.5 just for the record, but this is this is the type of film that I want to see the sequels. And I appreciate yeah. what you said, Keith. And Yeah, absolutely. Um, the whole reason we do this, again, is to talk to people that, have, that share an interest in something that is inventive, fun, creative, whether it's in the horror genre or not. Like if you've got something that's interesting and awesome and it's something that no one has thought about before, like again, your game this that 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 that's a unique idea man that people can play an escape room in their house at home they don't have to worry about anything they could just enjoy a night to themselves sipping some wine sipping some whiskey it doesn't matter man you're going to solve some puzzles you're going to feel complete after that you're going to feel like you fucking accomplished something everybody go check out usbescape.com or .ca if you're in canada this this is going to be worth your time. I can't wait to dive into it. I want to find out what's going on, just like I found out kind of what's going on in Hell House. We've got a six point five from me, an eight point five from Keith, and a what 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 a seven point five seven. I landed on an eight. You landed on an eight altogether. Yeah. All right. So that would average us out to a seven point seven five, something like that. Oh, I I I don't do math, bro. Me either. That's what the that's what the phone's for. This movie's worth your time. Everybody, check out Hell House. <laughs> check out <laughs> Hell House LLC from 2015, and of course, visit usbescape.com. Come on, man. I'm uh, in a way. I'm also kind of glad that my phone died, so you guys couldn't see me. I've been looking over my shoulder every couple of minutes. Since we started talking about the scares Just thinking in this about movie, this movie? Oh, shit. Since, since we started talking about the scares in particular, I've just been, like, super peripheral with my fucking vision. <laughs> Sign of a good movie. 
Well, t- yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you want to add this into, but you know what? If anybody, because there's a place to put comments in, if anybody does ordering the game, just say, just mention something about hearing me on this podcast, mention this podcast, mention the name of the podcast. Just oh, do we get the our word first podcast? And our I'll first throw promo in code throw, ever. Yeah, I'll throw in, uh, I'll throw in some free stickers and stuff like that in there as well. Some goodies into your swag bag. Sweet. Damn. Nice. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, that's that, that. This has been a fun fucking time, guys. Uh, and we gotta do I, it again, man. We gotta yeah. fl- we gotta fly you out next time, man. Fly you over here. Oh, don't throw me with a good time. I'll come down. We'll ball some crawfish. Ride yeah. the gators. You can ride, we'll ride all the, the gators. Ball want. some crawfish. Drink some nat- natter days. <laughs> we'll take you. We'll take you down to the arboretum, and you can get bit by like five thousand mosquitoes. It's right. Be all great. the all the different breeds of mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'll come down. I'm Canadian. The mosquitoes here are huge. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Canada does a big son. I've been <laughs> your journalist that dies trying to pursue the truth, Travis Maxwell Boone, and I was joined by Mario Bava. No, you know what? Now I'm Paul. I'm I'm Paul who kills uh, Sarah with a camera and slits his own fucking throat, and then slits his own throat. And tonight we have been joined by. The guy standing in line uploading a shitty YouTube video. <laughs> Keith from USB Escape. <laughs> yeah. Embrace the mannequin shenanigans. Don't forget to escape the normal. Watch your horror movies. And oh, yeah. stay spooky, all you mannequin bitches! <laughs> <laughs>